Hey, everybody. I hope you guys are blessed and having an awesome Monday. God is good. God is mighty, y'all. We have a perfect time to be able to take back our nation. We have a perfect time to be able to discuss those things that deal with our business. Now, guys, I got to tell you, I don't give a freak about being in everybody's personal business. What I really care about is dealing with those things which affect the nation. That has been my goal. That has been my fight. If you notice, I don't do a whole bunch of spaces. I don't do the news. Believe me and understand, guys, that there is big money in being uh, alternative media if you are good, right? For a long time, uh, I've dealt with issues of election integrity, and this is why a gentleman named Nick Maceder actually sought me out, asked me to come on live shows with him, another gentleman named Bahizi, another gentleman named Neil Johnson, and others. And uh, in my work, all I could do was come before them and talk about the law. I had nothing else to say. Um, I wasn't there to play. I wasn't there to get clout or uh, try to make myself look cool. I never tried to build my channels as news channels, even though money comes from having a lot of viewers and a lot of views, which means you do a lot of shows. Why is this important? The reason this is important because I never came to this thing except for to uh, with a purpose, except for helping the people win and get victory. So when we got the only full forensic audit in American history in Arizona, I did the work. So these guys knew that I did the work. So therefore, when you are a newscaster, you need people who are taking action in order to put them on your platform to be the best at news. If you have nothing burgers, right? If all you could do is talk about what's wrong after a while is not as exciting. And this is why a lot of the newscasters, when they stopped working with people who had remedy, they had to quit. So the gentleman who brought me into this whole fight was Nick Maceder. Nick Maceder doesn't make enough money in doing the news anymore. And he actually has fell off. And I believe he's been doing his, his own work, I've been told, uh, like a job. Now, this is important, guys, because being a newscaster does not mean that you have good information. As a matter of fact, Violet used to call me all the time and say, hey, Dave, new, uh, Nick put out, Nick Maceder put out a certain article or a certain video. Uh, I'm sorry, video, not article. He put out a certain video and then he had to double back and retract his statement later on that day because he made a mistake and he didn't understand what he was talking about. So he said, came back and apologized for putting out wrong information. But what was happening was when you are moved by excitement, when you are moved by things that seem wrong or we're doomed or something isn't working or a case isn't going your way, when you get moved by that, you tend to make news on your channels that go back and forth with every wind of change. That's not healthy for being respected as somebody who brings forth truth that is well-studied. So you can't just copy people's work that they put out, not check it, and then have to keep changing things. So understand that this is something that has happened in history. Uh, Violet Wasik can tell you she has seen it a lot. Others have seen it a lot. 
And it caused people to start thinking that something is wrong. But remember, when you're fighting in election integrity and people are saying the nation is doomed, we lost everything, there's no hope, you're going to start ending up getting a lot of people who are moved with excitement as well when their emotions are changing based on what's happening in Maricopa County. Is the nation being taken over? Are they losing Trump, et cetera? That gets people moving and will get you a lot of views. If you go back and watch all my work, I don't do that, right? I don't put out news in order to get clout or attention, et cetera. Please share this space, y'all, because it's going to be super important. So Nick Maceder brought me into the movement. He then put me in the face of Behizzi, uh, Neil Johnson, et cetera. Neil Johnson has actually used my work to kill mandates in their state, in their county, in a county they wanted me to go after, him and, and like 12 members of his team. It took us two weeks. We wrote a notice and we got rid of the mandate. So Neil Johnson is one who is one who does not like to get in the middle of people's drama. So you got to understand how this dynamic works. Nick Maceder can see things and know that there are certain actors in the movement who are uh, doing things that seem like ages, but Nick Maceder would never tell the people. So me and Nick Maceder kind of fell out because I'm like, wait, bro, you know that this dude Clemens is a freaking agent? And you ain't going to tell nobody? You're not going to speak up? Well, Dave, I don't want to get my family messed up. I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. If you're going to be the news media, you have a responsibility to tell the truth at all costs, even your own life. But he came out publicly and he said to people, uh, something happened to him. Well, behind the scenes, he told that he got threatened by Clements. This was his, his, uh, his allegations. He said that he didn't say something or didn't agree with Clements the way that Clements wanted him to, and Clements threatened him. So this is how you can see on the messages that I provided that Nick Maceder said that he believes Clements is a shield, like an agent, right? But he never re revealed that to the public. I had to reveal it to the public when everything fell out. Now, at the same time, you'll see that the handler who broke into the Arizona audit EOJ 2020, right, who has multiple aliases, an Asian guy who I posted up the video, the picture of, that gentleman is actually the same gentleman who was the handler for all of the chat groups that David Clements was running. He's an Asian guy. I'll post a picture of him in the chat bubble so you guys can get an idea of what I'm talking about. So how do you have, guys, 50 groups with 250,000 members and the guy who's running it is an Asian man with multiple aliases who told that he wanted to hack the audit. He broke into the audit. They showed the schematic in their conversations. And this gentleman is the guy who's the handler over Susan Sedenbrino's account. He's working with her. The handler over Nick Maceder account later. The handler over all the audit chat groups and over the professor's record group. He's the guy who's speaking in the prayer meetings for the prisoners. Now, what you got to understand is his name on the handle is EOJ2020, right? What year did Joe run? Joe Biden started to run in 2020. Take EOJ2020, flip it backwards, and you get Joe 2020. Let's just make this simple. Joe 2020. So after I exposed this, 
uh, the gentleman tried to say, and I'm sending you a picture of him. This is where he's caught breaking into the audit, acting as an AC repairman. So he's literally caught in video, uh, on video in a snapshot, right? He's caught on a snapshot breaking into the Arizona audit. So what you have to ask is why would uh, Professor Clements have on his audit channels as a handler, the guy who is trying to break into the Arizona audit by his own admission and wanting to hack into the stuff in order to be able to see where the trucks are and gain access. Why would he be the handler in the 50 audit chat groups? Now, if you don't believe me, I'm going to post it in the chat bubble so you can see him in the audit chat groups as EOJ. Um, and I'm going to show you where he's speaking behind the scenes about how he's going to break into the audit and he needs somebody to get the schematics in order to know where the stuff is. Now, here's the question, guys. Why would somebody who's trying to fix audits have a agent working in the audits to break into, I'm sorry, not working in the audits, breaking into the audits in order to be able to gain information of where the ballots are to spoil the audit. Let me just put it to you this way. How many of you guys that are righteous people practice hacking uh, and breaking into buildings in order to interfere with government processes? Let's just do it that way. Because the audit was ran by the state legislature. That is actually a government proceeding. See, people went to prison or going, went to prison over breaking into the Capitol, right? That's what they say. So this guy really breaks into the Arizona legislative audit under the legislative, legislative power to do an official proceeding. And this is David Clements, the professor's record, handler in his groups. And I just shared the information. Co-host today, can you see this? I am trying to find it now. You said it's, it's in, in the, the purple, purple pill, pill, right? Yes, ma'am. And co-host, please tell me, does it make sense for righteous people to be caught breaking into audits or hacking or anything like that? And no, it's is that normal for you guys at all? Uh -uh. Don't seem normal. Let me ask uh, for such a time as this. Hey, Jill. Okay, I see him. You want me to put it in the jumbotron, the pictures? Please put it in jumbotron, and I want people to hear what it says okay. so they understand. Now, guys, if Joe Oatman comes here today or um, Jovan, I will let them speak when I ask a question. I'm going to ask them to be nice and cordial and let's just look at the evidence. No emotion, no name calling, no cursing, no mother effer, you're this or that. I just want them to speak and show the evidence for what I'm asking or give good answers so that people can make a determination on what is good and bad. I don't want to hear a dang thing about their fight in New Hampshire. I don't give a freak about that. I don't know about that. That's not my business. I don't have proof of the contract that that's, there's a battle over. I want to deal with, did Jovan really do an audit in Arizona? Or is it a lie, right? Did Jovan's work get used for audit? This is very important, guys, because people are trying to tell you that Jovan didn't do it. Jovan is trying to tell you he did do it. I believe that I have firsthand knowledge of many of the things that can show exactly what happened. And I'm going to give you guys some, uh, some information today. Uh, that you probably never heard because bad actors in government did not allow this to come out. But I'm going to show you the bad actors 
and some of the good actors uh, actually <laughs> involved so nobody can say that they're not involved in a good way, right? So I'm going to show evidence of er how everything went with people's own words, their own video, their own pictures, everything. And then you will be able to make the decision, is Jovan just a dumb liar or is he telling the truth? Is uh, this, this Clemens guy and this Oatman guy, lie? are they liars? Right? Because uh, people have told you guys that the Arizona audit was a sham. But I would ask you to use your wisdom and knowledge if the Arizona legislature was doing a, a proceeding, right, that the people asked them to do, would they do it if they didn't listen to the people? Number two, have you ever seen the government follow the people telling them to do something and then carry things out? Has that ever even happened, right? So when you talk about success, the first question is, did it really happen? Next is, did the government listen to the people in a way that we're not used to, right? Because that's important because it shows us we may have remedy, right? So the first thing I wanna do is establish who these players are. So today, can you see these documents? Did you put more on? No, just the lower right-hand corner that you put in the jumbotron. Yeah, mm -hmm, I see. Can him. you see? Can you see the one where the gentleman is talking about the trucks and getting access to them? Let's see here. The first one, professor's records. Let's see here. Just read the yellow on professor's record. It'll prove to you who's involved. Okay, it says EOJ always change group title to Professor's Record Live Cast. So his his guy, EOJ 2020, is has access to the group to change the records and the names of the group. So EOJ 2020, EOJ always, same guy, he is a handler for Clemens Group, and he's changing things, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, what else do we see? It says NN join group by link from group. Okay. What else? And the other yellow portion says Patriot invited Patriot. Okay. So we see that EOJ is in the group. He has access to the group. He's over the group and he has the ability to change things. So he is a handler in this group and the 50 audit state chat groups as an Asian man who breaks into audits to try to destroy them. Now, to start off, just to understand what's happening, can anybody here explain to me why an Asian man who is telling us, and you're going to read it, he's breaking into the audit on purpose, would ever be the handler of the group for Professor Clements, who's telling people the Arizona audit was fake, which the people led, and that it was a sham, why would he be working with a guy who's saying he's in election integrity, but yet this guy is controlling everything and he's breaking into audits? Would that, that even make stinky. any sense? That doesn't make sense, right? Mm -mm. So let me ask you guys, how many of you have friends that are hackers that break into government proceedings on purpose to, to, to thwart it? Is there any one of you who have that? <laughs> not one. Okay, <laughs> so, so that's not normal, right? No. Okay, so please read his, his words in that message where he's speaking about the trucks and the such. Okay, let me unmute. And the message about the truckers. So you want me to start from the very top? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so it says from EOJ Always. 
daylight from door if it is an outside door is it possible to get a schematic of the building wait wait so he wants a schematic of the dang building and i'm gonna show you the schematic they popped up in their conversation actually mm. i dropped it in the, I, jack, I dropped it in the chat bubble can you see the schematic real quick before you continue because this sure. is gonna get heavy and click on it because you gotta put it in the chat bubble and look at the bottom up under there, there's a street that is called MCD, and then it has the, the at symbol for somebody's phone. And then okay. if you look at the top, it's a gray circle with kind of white in the middle, and it's gonna you're going to see the name of that building they're looking for. Okay, the Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Okay, now I present to you guys evidence that the Veteran Memorial Museum is actually where the ballots were held and where the trucks bought the ballots for the 2020 audit of the election. So this is where the ballots and the were held and the space that the legislature used to do the audit. Now, can somebody explain to me why Professor Clements, Professor's record, is actually, why does he have a handler in his group and his 50 audit check groups that is literally infiltrating the audit to destroy it and spoil it and he's asking to hack wow is that normal guys let's just use our thinking caps now i'm not a lawyer guys but i understand wisdom knowledge and understanding and i'm trying to present to you the evidence with no yelling cursing anger or anything like that and i need you guys to help me understand how a guy who's supposed to be helping in audits how his handler could be trying to destroy the audit. Now, if you get people breaking in and piercing the audits, they could call the whole audit a sham, right? I got a picture of the guy who's Asian with a big forehead in the audit waving. He was faking like he was an AC repairman, infiltrated, and somebody called him because they knew him. Nice. The person who called him is Steve, um, Shelby Bush's team. Shelby Bush is the one who was installed into the audit in Carrie Lake's case, who's connected to Blim as her attorney, who keeps losing cases and not using fundamental law. Okay, so y'all can see how all this comes together. Now, moving forward a little bit. When we look at the rest of what he says, what does he say about getting into the audit? Okay, so... The following message about him, uh, them talking about getting the schematic of the building, it says, wait, they must have one online for events outlook. And then he says, you might have to hack into it. Uh-oh. Wow. Uh-oh. I'm heading there now, got distracted. Nah, we will just have to figure out where the trucks are. Wait, wait, the trucks? Guys, mm -hmm. the Arizona audit had the 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 board of supervisors had trucks, and the trucks were getting recorded the whole way there to make sure there was no chain of custody issues. So when the trucks got to the building, he was trying to find out where the trucks are so he can get into there and mess with the ballots. Does this sound righteous, y'all? No, it so sounds this, fishy. This is actually a crime against America. It's literally treason. When the people of America have a proceeding where we're investigating ballots, right? Arizona hired people to, to do the audit 
and this guy ain't one of them. And he's behind the scenes. This is David Clement's handler working behind the scenes to try to break into the audit and destroy an actual government proceeding and spoil it. Can anybody explain to me, even if you are on Clement's side and uh, Joe Oatman's side, because Clements and Joe Oatman's are, par are partners. Can anybody on Clement's side justify why they have a handler who is setting up to break into the audit and he's actually caught breaking in the audit, faking like he was an AC repairman? If you have to deceive to get into somewhere, are you being righteous? Let us know. Is there anybody who will want to step in at this time? You throw your hand up if you're from Clement's side or Joe Oatman's side. Explain to us why it would be righteous. Don't curse at us. Don't try to start a fight. Just say why it would be righteous to break into a government proceeding on purpose to spoil the audit. Why not let the audit tell if it's legit or not? Now, guys, what I present to you is, is Nick Masseter started conversing with EOJ 2020 as well. Nick Masseter was the partner and uh, they would do shows together loosely with Behizzi. You'll always see them together. Behizzi is now coming saying that Jovan is false and his audit stuff wasn't real, along with Clements and Oatman. But guys, you got to ask the question. Behizzi is a young man, right? Was Behizzi ever involved in the audit himself? Did Behizzi cause the audit? I can tell you with firsthand knowledge. I caused the audit. Karen Fan's phone records say I caused the audit. I was here, right? I live in Arizona. I can swear to what I saw. Now, we would have to ask the question, can it be proven? It looked like your mic just jumped down uh, today. It can be proved that I did the work to get the audit. So I have firsthand knowledge of the audit. But what I need to know is does Behizzi, Nick, Clements, or, or Joe Oatman have firsthand knowledge of what happened in the audit or did they start it, right? I'm not asking if you made some commentary about it. I'm not asking if you wrote a report about it. I'm not asking if you did a news show about it. Did you bring forth the audit or did you take part in the work in the audit to have firsthand knowledge of the audit? I got to ask these questions, guys, because when news media people come up who do stories and say something, it doesn't necessarily mean they got firsthand testimony. It doesn't necessarily mean it's the truth. They could just be parroting as Nick had to often Tell us he wanted to retract his statements because he was doing that. Yes, I think jo uh, Jovan is actually on a show. I think somebody said at 12 o'clock or something, his time, he was doing a show. So I'm running over the time of his show. If he can't make it, it's fine. But I'm going to show truth anyway. And, and I apologize to Jovan uh, because it is his content that I'm going to show from RSBN News. So it's actually the news. You'll see the news stuff. Uh, on this show today can put the link I'm going to use and I I'm going to show the players that are there guys so we know who has firsthand knowledge right I'm going to show the front stage if we can or I'm going to let you hear what people are saying and we're going to see 
if any of these new show guys were there, if Clements was there, if Joe Oatman, Joe Oatman was there, if any of these people are there, we should be able to easily see that they were there. But if they were not there, then we can come to the conclusion that it's possible that they have no firsthand knowledge. Guys, in court cases, you have to have firsthand knowledge of things in order to be able to show something that could be believed in court. Right? So let's not get it twisted and confused, guys, when guys come in and say, okay, Jovan never did the audit or Jovan did do the audit, but they weren't there. Let's not give them too much weight if they don't have firsthand knowledge of stuff. Right? If you have not seen it, you were not there, you didn't take part, then it's not really good to say, you know, right? Now, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying when we're trying to find out truth, we got to see who going to swear on stuff. We got to see who can say they were there. I don't want to hear about how you heard that somebody else heard that they were there. I want to know, were you there? Did you take part? Did you help get the audit? Did you do work in the audit? So when you start saying somebody else did or didn't, you got the ability at least to have firsthand knowledge. If you don't even have the ability to have firsthand knowledge, we can't believe you when you say, no, he or she didn't do this. Or yes, he or she did do this. You can guess. You can, you can like have a hypothesis but it doesn't mean you know, right? Okay, so with that being said, how many of you guys ever had a handler connected to you that you knew would break into government meetings and hack into the stuff and try to get access to ballots that you're not supposed to be touching, right? How many of you know people that do that and how many of you think it's righteous? If you need a mic and you wanna say it's righteous and you're from Clement's side, I don't wanna hear you argue about nothing else stupid, I'm giving y'all the rules. I don't want to have to block anybody or just boot you off for talking stupid, all this cussing and name calling and stuff that's not going to work when the people of America are trying to find the truth, right? That's all we want so we can stand in our power. So anybody here, if you want a mic so you can prove that it's okay to break into audits that are legitimate, government actions, and just try to spoil them, can anybody from Clement's side, Jovan's side, or anywhere, anybody else's side, I don't care if you're on the devil's side, can you show that it's legitimate? Anybody? Anybody? Do you see any hands today going up? Anybody see any hands going up? I, I'm looking. Um, I see it's two other listeners, but I can't tell. Are they anonymous or something? I oh, of course we're going to get, we're going to get our anonymous listeners. You're going to see them responding. It's three now. They're going to okay. respond. As I blow these backs out, they're going to respond real time in y'all face. And y'all going to see them talking up at the top with comments, but they're not going to come in because they can't answer. All they can do is yell, curse, and act stupid. So they're going to try to detract. They're going to say, David, you're an evil guy. You suck. You loser. You did this. You did this. You did this. But they're not going to show evidence of if something really happened or it didn't happen. They're not going to do that. So here's the deal. So let's move on. So can we establish, can we get by show of likes, thumbs up and hearts, 
Can we establish that we clearly see some guy, even though we can't say who he is 100% for sure, can we at least see that there's messages that say EOJ and talking about hacking the whole thing, right? Can we see that there's messages saying they're breaking into the audit? And can we all agree that that wouldn't be a good Christian thing to do, right? Can we all agree? Okay. So now, with that understanding, let's move forward. So he talked about breaking in, right? So we know that there's actors. We know that we, uh, Josh Barnett and David Jose, we claim we did the work to get the audit. We could be lying, though, right? David Jose and Josh Barnett claim they did the work to get the audit, but they could be some lying clowns. So what we have to do is see, is there any evidence that shows that we might have really got the audit? Because David Jose is a dumb Negro from the ghetto, I admit it. Josh Barnett is a, is a bodybuilding meathead that owns a gym. He's not in politics in, in the sense that he got elected at all. He ran a couple of times, never won. So there is no reason for him to be known in politics as somebody as a mover and shaker unless he has something to contribute. Right? He's just a jock. A buff freaking, a super buff workout dude. That's what he is. He owns a gym and he trains people. So if if Josh did not have anything to do with the audit, then Josh shouldn't be seen doing anything with the audit. And if Josh did do something with the audit, then we could look and say, well, at least he's there. Right? So let's go further. So Behizzi, Nick, Neil Johnson and all of those guys work together as newscasters. They get the news from the people and they share it or they find articles and stories and they share it and talk about it, right? Neil is a little bit different because Neil likes to build the people up and tell them different things they can actually do, right? And he tries to put like a faith part in it where he tries to encourage the people to trust God. So this is the crew. Now, Am I telling you about the crew as an outsider? No. They brought me into the fold. I did shows with Nick. You'll see me on shows with Nick. You'll see me on shows with Behizzi. You'll see me on shows with CanCon. You'll see me on shows teaching the law all the time. Right? Now, understanding this, could it be possible that I'm telling you about these guys without access to them? No. Because you see me on shows with them. Right. So this is how we can start to get rid of a lot of this foolishness. Now, can we say that Professor Clements, the one who was causing all the damage and these guys don't know each other? No, because we've seen him on shows with them. Can we say that it's possible that Nick knew that Clements was a shill and an agent and didn't tell people? Yes, because I post the message showing where he says he believes Clement is an agent after they raised money for Clements, $350,000 for the people. Now, they call now Jovan a grifter. And I have to ask, if you raise $350,000 for somebody who tried to destroy audits and you say that this guy is a shill or agent, 
I just need you guys to let me know, is this a righteous thing or not? As a matter of fact, unmute your mics for the people who have mics. Let me ask you a question. See, Danette says she learned about me from Bahizi's show. So I was actually there around the people who worked on the show. Who got their mic open? I do, Dave. This is Jill. Okay. Susan. Okay. So I'm going to need some help, guys. Uh, are there some of you who saw me on a show with either Nick, Bahizi, or any of those guys? Dave, this is Jill. I'm trying to personally recall because it's been quite a long time, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, Danette is saying such, and I know we'll have another witness say as such. So I have no doubt you were because that's your word. So you are my teacher and I've known you for over two years and I know your credibility. So that's what I'm standing on. So if you tell me man to woman now that you were on their shows, I'll say, I know you were. Hey, let me do that. Um, because let I me, know. Mm -hmm. let, me do, let me do one better. So I'm going to let you see something, Jill, so you can see if I'm coming with the PCAPs. I'm going to show you Nick Masseter's phone records. So here's Nick Masseter having a conversation right here, right? Dr. Frank is part of Clement's group that went around telling people not to do affidavits, right? Not to work with Dave Jose. Can you see right here? Yes. And I've actually been on a show with Dr. Frank in the picture too. So if you look at the thing I just put in the chat bubble, can y'all see this? Somebody else, Rick James said, I found you through CanCon. See, it's all coming together, right? So can y'all see the discussion right there? I can say that I did see you on CanCon, Dave. Okay. I know that for certain. I do recall that. So, um, and I'll look in the chat bubble there and confirm that what you have so okay tell me what you guys see in the chat bubble if somebody can read the last thing i just put in the purple pill down there angela kellum said i found dave through Bahizi and nick i'll read it for you dave if you want me to i do Go ahead. see it i believe is is it in Please blue read. there just okay, re you can back. just read the conversation from the top okay uh nick must uh, Mositer's at the top, correct? And it says, yep. tell me more about Dr. Frank. Okay. So tell me more about Dr. Frank. Uh, the next uh, person says, did you endorse Clement recently? And then he says, unfortunately. So that's Nick saying, unfortunately, correct? So wait, so if, if Nick himself is saying it's unfortunate that he stood up for this guy, right? Right. Then if Nick knows this has happened, then at least in Nick's own mind as a news reporter, he got something that tells him that these guys, or at least this one, could possibly be dirty, right? Right. Okay. Um, and there's going to be a next, <laughs> a next one that everybody needs to see. So he at least knows that something might be going on. Right. That's all we need to know. Now, as a news reporter that's getting donations and money from the American people, if you find out that somebody might be dirty, should you give full disclosure to the people so that they know, uh oh, we might be following a bad guy. This might be trouble. We need to do something. Stop giving all this hundreds of thousands of dollars. Slow down for a second, y'all. Let full disclosure. 
I found out something. I need to talk about it before we keep giving money. Definitely. Okay. I mean, if, if they're, if they're a real man or woman and they care about the country and the direction that our country's going um, and they have a care for people and mm -hmm. our republics, then yeah, they, they should have stood up. And so really if they are being controlled by really the dollar uh, is, as it sounds, um, the love of money mm -hmm. was driving this. And that's, that's unfortunate and sad because we're this far out and just think um, what could have taken place had a man stood up and done the right thing. The course of history would have changed. Amen. Okay. So <laughs> let's keep reading. Let's keep reading what he said. Okay. So uh, he said, so Nick said, unfortunately, and then he says, have you taken it back? Question mark. This was before the crap with Josh and few heated exchanges, which resulted in us quietly parting ways. The, jur the jury is still out. I don't know if he's a D DS, bad actor, deep, or just being deep state. deep state. Deep state. So in his freaking mind, he already understands that this dude could potentially be deep state, right? Yeah, and from the mouth, <laughs> from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. <laughs> yeah, see, but so, realize he's behind closed doors and y'all can't see him. Right. So he's comfortable with telling he believes the guy might be deep state because it's one-on-one. -on -one. He just won't say it in front of y'all because it interferes with business. And and he'll say that here, Dave. So I mean, it's you know he he lets the cat out of the bag even more here by saying so. I'm not going to publicly do so. Uh oh. Now, yeah. David David Jose finds information of bad actors acting bad. What did David Jose come do with y'all? Do I hide it? Nope. You told everybody. Uh, you told the world. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So so these guys are fearful for their life at times and they're scared. I know I could get my brains blown out, blown out, and I come tell. Hey y'all, this guy is a freaking agent. Y'all seeing me posting messages that nobody else will post. But the this are their messages. So you gotta realize they used to like me until I stood up, like, no, nah, you gonna not save the American people for your own family? You're a punk. You're a coward. How the freak are you getting paid money to show the news by the American people? I'm not even a news guy. But when they're doing agent stuff and trying to hide it, you think that I'm going to hide it from the American people when this is our nation? Look, I'm, I'm, I'm a brother. I'm not even a white dude in politics. And I'm in the middle of the junk like, hey, uh, you see this dude right here? Uh, uh. Yeah, they're talking about destroying your audits. Look, black dudes from Detroit never gave a freak about, in, in general, about some white people's politics and who's the best when we don't get a part in that. So I have no, I don't get paid for the news, right? I don't get clout for hanging around a whole bunch of white people who are conservatives. The, the black community calls me a coon and a square, Right? What do I get out of telling y'all the truth outside of saving America? 
Do I make a whole bunch of news shows to bring y'all in about the news and keep y'all going back and forth with this wind of change, that wind of change? All I would have to do, guys, is make a whole bunch of scary videos and talk about stuff that I know because I'm in the know. And y'all will come every day. My numbers will go up. I'll have hundreds of thousands of followers because I actually do stuff and I can prove it. I show y'all evidence. And I would make hundreds of thousands of dollars off of that job. I don't do it. And when it comes times for these private messages to come out to let y'all see who's traitors, I show y'all, even though it'll get me killed and I don't get nothing from y'all. As a matter of fact, some of y'all will even call me a grifter for having classes to teach y'all how to beat this stuff in the law. So you will call me a grifter and I'll die for you. But your Dang. friends, hold on one second, hold on one second. Your friends who are these newscasters will not show you that they're working with agents and they know it. Why? <laughs> Why? The very people that y'all lift up on a pedestal, behizzy tweets. Oh, Nick Masseter, woo! They'll know they're working with the devil and won't even tell you, but I'm showing you them telling right now. So if you're raising, look, they called Giovanna a, a scammer some over some $30,000 garbage. I don't know what the freak is going on, but I do know that they raised $350,000 for Clements. And these guys helped do it. And they'll tell you behind the scenes, they know he's connected to some dirty stuff. And then all he got to do is threaten them or they offer them some money and they shut the freak up and leave y'all hanging. Can y'all let me know? If Let's just say I'm wrong and his messages just say he thinks this guy is a shield and they're raising money for him. Can you guys explain to me why behind the scenes they could be raising money for him when they know darn well he might be a shield and nobody tells anybody? Can somebody actually show me if that's right, right? We're going to establish the facts and then we're going to just say, if this is actually happening, what's inside of his own messages, would this be right or wrong? Can somebody answer for me? And I'm, I'm going to open up the mic so y'all can answer. Can anybody answer? Is this okay? No, it's not. It's not right. Anybody else? Def definitely not okay. It's not the right thing. Okay. Negative. Okay. So, so guys, are we seeing a pattern here? People working with agents. People working with people who do bad things. People hiding it from y'all. Why don't they just come out and tell y'all, hey, we work with an Asian dude that seems to have multiple aliases that break into artists acting like an AC repairman. This is who Clemens is using. This is the partner of freaking Joe Oatman. Why are they not telling us this ahead of time and letting us make decisions for ourselves? How come every time you ask them a question, they want to yell and scream and curse and call people pedos and stuff with no proof? But when we show the proof of what they're doing, they never want to let you see? Clemens can't even deny this. All right, so let's keep reading some more then. Let's read some more. All right. So after um, the jury is still out, I don't know if he's a deep state bad actor or just being foolish, so I'm not going to publicly do so. He may come around when, when the facts reveal themselves. Really annoying to be in that position as Dave Jose accuses me of being aligned. Okay, y'all. Now, can y'all see from his own words in his conversation that Dave Jose wasn't playing with that bull, I'll cut anybody off for being a snake and shady. So now Dave Jose could have said, 
I just want to be with you guys and make money with you guys. I want to be on your shows. I want to be internet famous. I didn't do that. I called him out to his freaking face. Dude, you weak. How the freak you going to be? Now, does this fit with what I'm telling y'all when I say to him, how the freak you going to be a news guy and hide the truth from the people? He's telling you, I told him, dude, you look like you're lying. Y'all see that? So did I pull punches? When y'all didn't know about all this and I'm fighting behind the scenes, am I letting people off the hook? Ain't happening, right? So no, you're not. <laughs> people can yell at me and call me a grifter, but behind the scenes, when bad actors are doing stuff against y'all and y'all paying them, I'm calling them out like, dude, you weak as heck. You need to tell. Right? So whose side does it seem like I'm on? Theirs or yours? Theirs or yours? Definitely. Uh, definitely ours, Dave. I need any one of you, Joe Oatman, Clements, Nick, Behizzi, anybody, I want y'all to show me taking one penny from these dudes. Somebody show the evidence. Show me taking a payoff or a sell, uh, selling the people out for some money. Show me taking fame and selling y'all out for it. Show me. Right? See, we got to establish the facts. See, Joe Oldman to run, run around and say, David, you're not credible. Well, I'm showing you their messages and they're telling y'all on every single occasion, I, I come at their head when they lie to y'all and try to rip y'all off and they try to use agents to do stuff. I don't play that job. This is why I got on Josh Barnett when Josh Barnett went and met with the guy he said was doing evil stuff and bad, David Schweiker. I said, dude, you just freaking went after this dude and said he was evil in deep state and then you went to coffee with this Negro? Bro, in the hood, we don't do that. I don't know how y'all made up. I don't know how y'all do stuff in politics, but if I know that you deep state and you connected to some dirty stuff, I'm not meeting your anus. I might knock your anus off the, the map with some real law and some truth and showing you did wrong. But I'm not meeting your clown anus for coffee. The freak is this. You Just last week, he was the worst nigga in the world. This week, y'all drinking coffee and, and eating uh, bonbons together. Freak out of here with that garbage. So guys, yes, I am a little rough. Why? Because I don't play what you plan with the American people. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to advance a freaking career while the whole America falls apart because these people stealing elections and doing wrong. And notice, guys, the work I did never was involved with some Coomer call. I never did any work that you can't prove that I did. I show y'all everything I do. I show y'all the affidavits. I show y'all the documents. This way, and I include you in the affidavits and notices, so y'all did them too, so nobody could ever say the evidence was fake or it wasn't real or we didn't do it. But when, when Joe Oatman turns in some junk to us talking about he was on a call with Coomer and lets us hear it, and then he goes to court and don't turn in the evidence, now all of us who said something about this dumb Coomer call look like idiots, and the deep state can say, all y'all fell for the okie doke. That wasn't real. But why ain't he getting prosecuted heavily and losing all that he got? Remember he was in bed Right, doing stuff with freaking uh, John Eastman. John Eastman got his anus tore up there. They indicted him. Why is Joe Oatman not indicted? Dude was down there January 6th. He told people on the show, stand strong in the streets. We need to be armed in the streets and gangster. Well, why ain't he get arrested then?
Everybody else get indicted but this dude? Huh. Seemed like that other uh, chubby dude. <laughs> Ray Epps. How the freak you inciting violence all over the place? Yo ain't is never get in trouble. How the heck you calling people pedos on Twitters and queers and using every bit of language you want to that has to do with stuff that get everybody else kicked off, but Joe don't get kicked off. You could report him. Everybody can come together and report this Negro and he don't get kicked off Twitter. It almost seemed like this dude is a fan. Everywhere he goes, think about Chanel Ryan and OAN, that news company that was trying to give us the good news. They, they fooled around with Joe with his fake evidence. She got sued to oblivion. Some of the other people got sued into oblivion. We don't even hear from no more. They got multi-million dollar lawsuits from Dominion. Sidney Powell getting in trouble. Lynn Wood getting some trouble, right? Everybody connected to Joe. But Joe don't get indicted. He don't get in trouble. Hmm. In the hood, we had a name for that. Right? We know the FBI is full of nasty rat clowns who will make up evidence on people. People just got off in Michigan because these Negroes in the FBI faked some junk and they were starting it and tried to act like it was the people. This is a pattern, guys. Democrats do this. They claim the FBI claims you did stuff knowing you didn't do it. They did it to Trump. And then they run cases that ain't real to try to get you put in prison for life or whatever they can do. Joe Oatman called me a pedo with no evidence. But where did he get that from? It don't matter. He called Jovan a pedo. He called us queer bees. Where did he get, where did he get the idea that I was gay? It don't matter because he don't get in trouble for what he does wrong. Why? Because just like all the other liberals who are working to do this, these wrong things, they don't need evidence. They fake it. That's why when he said he had the call that he let y'all hear, he couldn't produce it in court. It don't exist. He lied to us. So he, get, he made his way to fame by lying to us. And then he got $350 plus thousand dollars, alleged, allegedly, for Professor Clemens, who works with the deep state agent who purposely destroyed the audits. That's his handler. Okay, so anybody who's on that side up to now or on the other side, I need y'all to help me make sense of this. How the freak is all this legit? Can anybody tell me how this is okay? Go ahead today. I'm sorry, dear man. No, you're fine. Um, I just had a question because mm -hmm. as you all know, I haven't been around um, the last couple of spaces. So I'm, I'm just getting filled in. So Dave, um, when the people were coming in, cursing you out and saying all these uh, accusations about you, did they ever touch on the actual topic of what you were talking about? No, they... they no, see, this is a tactic to keep from having to talk about the truth. Yeah, just, just talk. You about, just, just cuss and assassinate your character. Yeah, but not yeah. Speak on what we're talking about. Yeah, but they didn't bring okay. any evidence of of me doing anything wrong, except for evidence written by a group of actual traffickers with criminal records for trafficking, uh -huh. where the men themselves say we made uh, fake links to hack people's phones and to track them. Yeah. Who who click on them? That's the yeah. only thing. And those were made by real a group of real traffickers and criminals. Yep. That work with Clinton. And I got the messages to show. Yep. 
I, re- no. I, re- I remember that. And, and uh-huh. the reason why I was asking is because um, just for everybody in the space who's listening, just understand that that is a form of hypnosis that they do. Politicians and all of your media does this as well. This is how they distract you from the actual information that is being in question. So they start to just attack the character who is presenting the information. So you're no longer looking at what were the problem of what we're talking about. Now you're just looking at an individual. Yeah. So don't be don't be fooled. Don't be swayed. This is a very common practice. It, it's it's not original at all. <laughs> yeah, they do the same thing over and over. And that's why I'm taking people through things over and over and establishing the facts. Let's look at what the freak is happening in their own writing, right? Because as the people are not dumb, you guys would be like a jury. A jury listens to all the evidence and they make a decision on the law and the facts. I'm asking you two questions. The law and the facts. Here's the facts. If this is legit, is it good? No. Okay. Well, here is the law. The law says we're not supposed to break into buildings and and interfere with government proceedings. Is this right or wrong? Wrong. See, this is you guys making determinations as a jury would with real evidence. Right? Now, let's go a little bit deeper into this, guys. Can we read the next picture, uh, dear Jill? And we're going to get into some real evidence, y'all, that's going to blow this thing out the water. It's going to blow your mind. But I need you guys to understand that some of these newscaster guys never been involved with any of this audit stuff in Arizona at all. And they're trying to tell you what's real. And they don't know from firsthand knowledge. They're just kids in a lot of cases who made money off of this thing, got threatened or, or got connected with some bad actors. And they're trying to tell us that these bad actors are the good guys. And that the guys who really did the audits are the bad guys. The Bible tells us that in the last days, good is going to be evil and evil going to be good, considered good. So we need to see if these guys are standing on moral, uh, being just when it comes to morals, or are these guys really people who know bad things are happening, but they just won't tell because it doesn't benefit them. Right? So they got careers in news media alternative and it makes them a lot of money it's awesome that uh you know they were able to build something but we see that they have a conflict of interest because they're getting fame at the same and money at the same time that if they speak up about what they see that's wrong it could destroy their name their money their fame so we see that they're making conscious decisions to hide what the american people should know can we not see that Can we not see that? All right. Let's read the next one, Jill, if you can. Yes, sir. Help me out. What am I looking for on this one? Because we finished that text thread with Masider and. uh, So um, you see where it says jury's still out. I'm not publicly doing so. And the next one says he did steal his work. um, Bear with me here. I know I always have trouble. I'm not so good at this. I apologize. I'm going to say it's that okay. up front. Here's what I do. Let's see. Here we go. Oh, okay. oh, wait. You got it. Okay, go ahead. You got it. Actually, I don't. I, I see the one that uh, today read, and then I see the one I just got done with, and I'm struggling to it's find from the other 20, one. It's from, 20, it's from 20 minutes ago. Oh. So. I'll like it and put a heart on it. Maybe that'll help you to see it. 
So it might be down in my thread some or something. I know is, today is probably better. Mm -hmm. Hold on, let me do it this way. Let me do is it this it, way. Is it the ones that says, tell me more about Dr. Frank? I think so. Okay. Um, yeah, you go ahead, tell sister. Me, sure, no worries. Um, tell me more about Dr. Frank. Did you endorse Clement recently? Unfortunately, have you taken it back? This was before the crap with Josh and a few heated exchanges, which resulted in us quietly parting ways. Quietly, this, okay. Uh huh. This jury is still out. I do okay. not know if he's a deep state, uh, he put DS, bad actor, or just being foolish. So I'm not going to publicly do so. He may come around when the facts reveal themselves. And then it goes on to say he did steal his work. That much is true. But did he take money from the CIA? He says everyone, everyone in one room televised is the way to go. And then the person responded and said, and why has this guy in a bow tie infiltrated everything? Uh oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh -huh. So now, here they are talking about the bow tie guy, Dr. Frank, and that he's infiltrating everything. Did they ever give you full disclosure as the American people? No, sir. So this is the same Frank that was working with New Hampshire to do affidavit tables that was working with the young lady who came on the show the other night. Not to make a point about her at all. But these people are having a conversation about the bow tie guy now, and they never tell y'all that they were worried about him too? Nope. Oh, gosh. So when it comes down to it, if it's not going to benefit them, would they tell you guys the truth? It doesn't appear that way. Okay, let's, let's keep reading and see what else he says. Sure. Okay, so I'll go back to the last line. Um, and why is this guy in a bow tie infiltrated, ha has infiltrated everything? Now, the Bowtie guy works directly with Clements in those auto chat groups with the Asian handler. So that's the connection. So now they're worried about another guy. Okay, what does it say? You're not making any sense. I'm trying to add someone. I'm trying to add some info to my arsenal. I'll phone you, okay? If you know something about Frank, I'd appreciate it if you tell me. Okay, uh -oh. sure. Uh oh. And uh -oh. then it goes to an outgoing call. So I guess they got on the phone. Okay. So y'all realize they'll have conversations all day about what the freak is going on wrong. You're just not invited. Did you see where he talked about taking money from? Oh, okay. Read the next one, please. Okay. Um, hold on. Let me try. He did. He did. He did steal. Uh huh. It said. Um. It said he did. It said. Um. That's what he said. He said. Um. Oh, at the top. I'm sorry. He did steal his work. That yes, much yes, is yes. true. Yeah. But did he take money from the CIA? From the CIA. So right. he's wondering if this dude is taking money from the CIA because he hears it. He knows for a fact that this guy with the bow tie stole somebody else named Bobby Pines work and he don't tell everybody but they'll do shows together over and over and over again 
So in other words, Nigma Cedar will know that people are stealing and lying and doing things wrong. He refuses to tell everybody. Y'all see this? Now he's establishing the fact he knows 100% that the guy with the bow tie is a liar and a thief. Using other people's work and infiltrating everything. Did they tell y'all that there's somebody who would be established in the movement as legitimate that they know is illegitimate? No, sir. But they're talking about it to each other, though, right? They are behind the green curtain. Holy moly. Wait, wait. So if they'll tell a lie for the liar and the thief, would they tell the truth for the one who's telling the truth? Nope. It's the joker and the thief in the night. Okay. So, guys, for those of you who are righteous and believe in doing the right thing, not that you're perfect, but does this seem like good behavior, guys? Definitely now, not good for the people. Yeah. So, he already told y'all, Dave is like, homie, don't play D-A-T, right? Homie, don't play that. David, don't go along with the bull. Dave, look, Nick brought me into the movement, y'all, to talk to these people, and I went at his anus for lying. When he was being weak, I called him out to his face. And this is why you can say David is aligning me with these people. Yeah, because you're a punk coward who let these people do evil things and you won't speak up. You're a buster for that because this deals with the American people. So we see with all the people on Joe Oatman's side, the speakers on the shows know these Negroes are dirty agents and liars. And admit it to each other, but they would never tell y'all because it messes up their money. And Nick even showed how Clements threatened him. That was his words. Paraphrasing. Clements threatened him. He got scared. He was getting ready to leave the whole movement like a punk. So now Clements, Frank, Saucy Lulu, the audit, uh, the audit chat group holder, and EOJ were all working together to do wrong. They were calling these guys shills, calling them bad guys, and they still kept working with them and hiding stuff for them. So rather than saying David Jose is right and these other guys are bad, they kind of moved me out of the way to bring Clements and more. So he could talk about the lost stuff. They could replace me, even though he gave them no remedy. Because mm -hmm, they was like, uh-uh, that nigga gonna tell. He gonna yeah. tell. <laughs> he telling on everybody. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta get him. Right? So now, when you see Behizzy tweets and Nick Mosider and some of these other guys talking junk about Jovan is bad, Jovan is bad, you better be careful because everybody who they knew were bad, they wouldn't tell y'all. Think about it. If they won't tell you who they know is bad and they align themselves with them and some of them are probably caught up in some bad trouble, right? Because who knows if they might get hurt or not for saying certain things after they find out these guys are really connected. Right? They didn't ever tell y'all none of this stuff that was in their messages. Now, ask them to show you messages from me where they caught me doing wrong. Womp womp. Tell them to show my conflict adventures. See, this is why 
Joe Oatman is trying so hard to just say, David Jose is with his carrying the water for Jovan. They're both pedos, evil guys, whatever, child abusers, rapists, whatever he can make up. And he didn't say rapists, but I'm just making fun. He is trying to throw out whatever he can to connect me with their $30,000 garbage argument that him and some lady in New Hampshire is having that I'm not part of their contracts. I don't know a dang thing about it. I don't roll with people like that. You don't see me going around the nation on documentaries. You don't see me in other people's projects. I don't give a freak about none of that. So why is Oatman trying so hard to connect me to this thing? Talking about tell your boy to give the 30,000 back. What 30,000 back? Am I part of somebody's contract where I know about some documentary or a $30,000 contract? Do I talk to this lady? Do I talk to Jovan like that? I don't know nothing about this junk. But let's talk about did Jovan really do the audit? Because this is the real issue. They're, why would guys in the election integrity movement, guys, call Arizona audit a sham audit? Well, we know that the, the bad actor who works with Clements, the partner of Joe, actually tried to break into the audit to make it look like a sham audit. He tried to spoil it. He tried to hack. He was ready to break in. He broke in acting like an AC repairman. And this is the audit that all these guys who work together, including the newscasters, want you to believe it was a fake sham audit. Now, after all this stuff we've seen wrong, I'm going to open up some mics and then I'm going to show y'all some video. Let y'all hear the video. I'm sorry. I need y'all to help me to understand now. Can y'all see that there could be possibly a motive for all these guys to call the audit of Arizona a sham audit if they're working with the actors who tried to destroy the audit and purposely infiltrate it and they admit that they know that they're all infiltrators can y'all not see why this might be happening can i take some mics please let's get some mics in here somebody somebody pick up the dang mic start talking <laughs> anybody, anybody want to talk go ahead Catherine. go ahead hello dave hello uh, thank mm -hmm. you thank you well, hey, everybody. I, w I wanted to share how this broke Catherine, down in a state. Catherine, you're going in and out, sweetheart. My state called Virginia. Catherine, go off and come back in. And Dave, you may talk to Steve Sargent. He I haven't. Catherine, your mic is breaking up. We're going to stop you from talking. We're going to put somebody else up. And Catherine, I need you today. Okay. To focus on, I need you to, I need you to focus on, you're breaking up, what's happening today with what we're dealing with today. I don't want to hear, I don't want to get caught up in stuff happening in other states. I'm trying to establish something for the people and I don't want to go in a long conversation outside of what we're dealing with because this is super important. Okay. So, right. uh, Susan, we'll let you take a mic. Catherine, we'll take you in a second. Susan, I'll let you Thank grab the you. mic. Can you Thank tell you. me about what you see right here happening right now today in front of us with what's going on with people who are calling themselves election integrity experts and you see what I just revealed? Can we discuss if any of this makes sense or right? Can somebody talk to me, please? No, it doesn't make sense. And that's that's a pattern. I started to see this pattern and um <sighs> Things in and out. I did watch uh, that Nick Beseder 
for a while. I can't remember if I saw you specifically on, on the videos, but I certainly did watch that. I ended up having to walk away from all of it um, because things just didn't add up. And one of the first things that got my attention was at the um, symposium there and Candace tried to speak, Candace Taylor, and Franks cut her off. He just, she had the mic and was trying to share something, and he just flat cut her off and disrespected her, you know, and like set her on her merry way. And so there's, there's, uh, hey, wait, Susan, this trail. Did you also notice how they, the two guys were right next to her, like handlers hold, one was holding the mic. Yeah. One was reaching out to kind of stop her from speaking. Did yeah. you notice that? They like surrounded her. They surrounded her. So I was watching that because I'm in Georgia and I had met Candace personally at uh, an event. And uh, and I was just shocked. I wanted to reach through the, the video and just pull them away from her and let her talk. But they now they remember, remember that remember that Clements was trying to infiltrate there. They knew of her. They knew that she worked with me. Lynn Wood knew that she worked with me. So now she's a target because she's speaking the truth. They got to make sure they don't let too much information get out from Candace because Candace knew too much. I didn't know that at that time because mm -hmm. I I was way outside the the groups and how they came together. I had attended a couple of um, a gatherings that were in my neck of the woods and in the very beginning when it was all about the integrity things and listening gotcha. to Ke Keschel and listening to um, uh, Favorito and the women's organization for uh, integrity here in Georgia that that started it and was sponsoring it. But the thing I started to see with all of it, to be honest with you, is everybody had their own agenda, just like you're revealing with this uh, Nick Moseder. He had information that was critical to uh, the public and he kept it uh, private. And that was, you know, to save his own skin or, uh, to have a revenue stream. It's the same with the spaces today. You mm -hmm. go in and nothing's accomplished. Yes. They talk for hours and hours and hours and there's no, there's no, uh, here's a path to, to really make a change and Amen. a remedy. Amen. And so <laughs> I've been comparing all that to what I've experienced through the videos and the uh, webinars that I've participated in with you. And I guess God's just raised me up now to speak out and say, Hey y'all, you really, you really need to learn your constitution and learn how to write a notice because well, Susan, they are realize, realize this: What we teach makes it so that the people have the power. Right. What the other people are putting out there keeps the people in fear and it makes it so that the, the newscasters, the the agents who are doing wrong, they keep power and bad actors in government and result keep power. So it keeps the system going, right? A lot of these Masonic actors that people have reported to us, they're Masons and they're working together. A lot of these actors keep power because we don't know the law. So let me ask you real quick though, short, sweet, and simple. 
do does it seem legit what these guys are doing based on the evidence we have presented already? No, absolutely not. You know, it's a very clear line now. There's a very clear line. It did take me. It did take me, David. I apologize. It took me a New York minute, as they say, probably a New York hour, to uh, start th seeing things because I was questioning. I've been questioning things that didn't add up with Clements, and uh, then I'd see something that he would do that seemed like it was good, and then I'd say. Well, where's the remedy? And the biggest thing in watching the video of him here in Georgia was it's like the people like jump back and let him come up with his forceful words and whatever. But at the end, nothing happened. Mm -hmm. And the people still didn't stand up. Yeah. Well, you know, what? it's what going to happen. It's going to happen <laughs> like that psychologically that people won't stand up because the whole goal of bad actors is to keep any information from you that lets you stand up. And so to be in the group with Clements and other guys, you have to denounce everybody who brings evidence or anything that's legit. Remember, in their audit chat groups, if you said the name David Jose, Josh Barnett, affidavits or notice, they would kick you out immediately. They had actual admins and bots that would kick you out on the spot for speaking. So thank you for that, Susan. I want to get people in thank and I want you. to I want to keep this nice and tight so people who hear this when y'all share it can see evidence without a lot of explanation of what's happening that has nothing to do with this. So hey, let's keep hey, it tight. Dave, Go ahead I today. I wanted to interject just for a second because um, Joel Oatman did respond to the tweet that I tagged him on requesting mm -hmm. that if he could come in and, you know, just have a conversation like gentlemen. And uh, his response, and I put it in the um, Jumbotron, and I will also right now put it in the Purple Pill so everyone can see it as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, his response back was, LOL, no, return the 30000 that Jovan stole. That is the only thing that I'm willing to do. Tell Jovan to stop being a fraudulent obstructionist thief and i will certainly go on a show after so my response back now guys hold on let me say this real quick now sure. notice guys i'm not jovan yeah i'm trying to deal with what really happened with arizona audit i already told y'all i don't know a dang thing about the contract between this lady and jovan i don't know nothing about it from what i see jovan is saying they're still coming out with some documentary i don't freaking know about the documentary don't know what it's about don't know what they're trying to do it ain't none of my business and it's private business that they need to solve or take to a court and solve so we can know the facts. None of us can see the actual facts with no contract and all that stuff. It's a waste of freaking time, in my opinion, because that's not going to help us save America right now. Correct. Um, but uh, let's notice, though, he tries to connect me with Jovan, tell Jovan to do this or that. I'm not Jovan's daddy. I don't do documentaries with Jovan. Never have. Don't know about this documentary. So let's deal with the fact, Joe, is there real evidence that you did anything with the Arizona audit? Is it real evidence that I did anything with the Arizona audit? And Josh, is it any real evidence that Jovan did anything with the Arizona audit? So we could just know what's real so people can start making decisions. All this back and forth garbage over some $30,000 garbage that we don't know about, we can't prove. Until somebody come with something that proves it, it ain't none of our business, right? We can't Correct. make a decision. You need evidence and people swearing to make a decision. I swear to what I did in the Arizona audit, right? Javon swear what he did. Uh, Joe Oatman told me he did stuff in the Arizona audit. Then later on, he said, I wasn't part of the audit like that. I'm like, oh, shucks, dude, you double back. Like, 
what the frick is going on here? So are you telling me you don't have firsthand knowledge of what happened in the audit at all? Because if you don't, then how are you telling everybody that Jovan didn't do the audit? This ain't me taking up for Jovan. This is me standing on what I know about the audit. And right. they, the guys who broke into the guy who broke into the audit as a handler, is connected to them. And they want everybody to believe the audit was not legit. The same audit he was trying to break into to spoil to make it not legit. That sounds like a conflict of interest to me. Yes, yeah, so I might not my be that smart. Back to him, just was I just let him know. I said, "Sorry, I'm unaware of the thirty thousand you're speaking of." I said, "We're discussing audit integrity." So, um, hopefully, uh, let's see if he can, uh, you know, turn turn back around and just stay focused on what we're actually talking about because we don't. I, I have. I mean, like, it would be one thing if he would like come in and present information if he was trying to like show people that you know Jovan has done some wrong you know but has he even provided any information to the accusations that he's saying about Jovan well the thing is he hasn't provided a contract and that'd be the only thing that a court would use if there's a contract dispute the court is going to say present the contract and go through it he hasn't presented some contract and I ain't I'm not in the middle of it so how the freak am I supposed to know I'm supposed to act like I can jump in between this lady and Jovan and tell what some contract says and then we got to realize this lady has been working with Jovan, I mean, with uh, with Clements, the guy who tried to destroy the first audit. So how do I know that they haven't poisoned her? I don't know. I just know Joe and Clements, I can show messages where these guys are dealing with agents, acting as agents, hiding stuff as agents, doing wrong, lying, not turning in evidence. I, I heard a, a video or saw a video just like many others say they did, saying that there was something that really happened with this guy, Coomer, right? And it, it came from the guy, the big guy, uh, Oatman. And then I look at this court case and it says he never turned in anything about a video, a, a video or audio. So why the heck he tell us there was a video and audio and play it, which would lift him up to be a, 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 a big say-so, right? A big shot in the election integrity movement why didn't he tell us that this is what happened? And now we can see that it happened 100% for sure uh, that he gave out the audio because multiple people saw the video. But now he's telling the court that he didn't have this recording. I don't, I don't think that's fair because that, that recording propped him up to be somebody who can get 350000 for Clements, who everybody's saying they're agents. So we can never find out what's really going on if the guys who are telling us, they're telling us what's happening, never been involved with the full forensic audit, never was part of it, don't have any firsthand knowledge of the audit, and they're calling the Arizona audit a sham audit. It's starting to seem like they're trying to run game on you guys because they together know they're doing things that criminals do. And we got their own word. See, I'm not saying believe David Jose, uh, Professor's record is a freaking criminal and he's he's working with an agent. I'm letting you see their own words saying we're criminals and working with agents. What the freak else do I have to show you? I tell you I'll bring the PCAPs, the real evidence, and I showed it to y'all. Professor Clements planned for people not to know about what we did in the audit and he and Saute Lulu were talking saying 
It was their plan to block anybody from knowing. They agreed that they would block anybody from knowing that Josh and I did the audit. Right? So why is it, am I lying if I show you their message? And it was confirmed to me by Joe, by his friend yesterday, that that's his messages. That's his phone number. So today, if you could, real quick, before we ask some more, uh, you know, ask some more people and go into the actual audio that I'm going to play. Um, can you read this one to me that I just posted in the uh, purple pill, purple pizzle? Sure. Let me look for it because this thing is so stupid the way it puts stuff in here. Okay, I found it. Okay. Oh, this is blurry. Okay. Um, let's you see. just need, need to see the part that says August 10th. Oh, okay. Okay, perfect. August 10th, I asked why Dave Jose got spotlight at the symposium by Amanda Chase after we already exposed them. Hold on. Stop, stop, stop. Okay. Uh-huh. So, does that not confirm that Amanda Chase, the senator, it is shown that Salty Lulu and Clements went to her to tell her bad things about me? Mm-hmm. They already exposed me, right? This is Clement's phone and Salty Lulu's phone, mm-hmm. right? So they admitted that they they exposed me, so-called, to her, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. But but they didn't know that I taught Amanda Chase every Tuesday on Zoom about the law, and she was going to speak out about me at the symposium. So they made a plan to hide the evidence of what I did with the audit by saying bad stuff about me, right? Mm-hmm. And she's mm-hmm. confirming that they that they went out trying to expose me to people, right? Mm-hmm. So can we not see that me, the guy who got the real audit, they had a discussion where they planned ahead of time to stop people from knowing about me doing the audits. To the point that when Amanda Chase spoke out about me, when I didn't know she was going to do it, she blurted it out on TV, I guess, a God thing. It pissed Salty Lulu off because it went against the plans. Now keep reading. It's going to prove it. Keep reading. Sure. Clement said at the symposium, they were credible affidavits. Uh Oh, now she got mad because she realized Clements at the symposium tried to take over my work, but she didn't know that Amanda Chase had nothing to do with Clements in speaking about me. She was just speaking because that's what she knows. So what happens is she puts together the idea that Amanda Chase said, David Jose taught me how to do affidavits and notices. Now all their work they did to try to hide me got jacked up on national television in front of 85 million people. I never told Amanda Chase to do this. I never know Amanda Chase was going to some symposium. I don't get invited to this stuff. I'm the Negro behind the scenes breaking jump. So what happens is Clements and them already went on a nationwide push to try to block people from talking about me, and then God let it slip out on stage, and they had a meltdown because they're like. Clemens and Dave must be working together because we all said that we were going to be double agents against Dave, not Clemens and double back on us. And now he's working with Dave, I think. Dumb, dumb. You're telling all the stuff you did on record. <laughs> right? But this is what you get for hiring low quality agents. Right? 
Keep going. Keep reading. That now you're gonna understand it's gonna get heavy. Keep going. Okay, so it says them, him, and Jose fought for weeks for theater. Okay, now she think we fought for theater because she realized their plan was foiled, but she don't know that it wasn't Clemens that did it. It was just God letting the lady tell that I was helping her. So now, doesn't this prove that I taught Amanda Chase all the way in Virginia from Arizona? Yeah. So teaching the government does work because the very moment they get a chance to talk about how things work, they say your name. Yeah. So that means that David Jose really did teach her stuff that works and she put her government on notice with 4,000 affidavits and notices from the people, right? And she was bragging about it because she was empowered as a legislator. Yeah. So when people say it doesn't work what David Jose does, oh, okay, well, she made an immemorial record of what it is that we did and it went on freaking TV. It did. When I did that it. ever happen? When did that ever happen in your life? Right? So now she's mad about it. So can we come to the conclusion that Clements and Salty Lulu, who ran the 50 audit chat groups, knew that they were going to purposely try to stop any work that I did from getting out and they were going to try to subvert the whole affidavit thing. Is it not easy to see now? Absolutely. All right. So let's keep reading. I haven't outed Josh publicly. People are guessing it. And I'm not sharing names with a bunch of um, disciplined gossip, disciplined gossips who can't stop themselves for a second. Agreed. No one thinks but I think Josh deserves to be heard. As a lawyer, surely you understand where I'm coming from. Uh-oh. They're, they're going... Uh-huh. They're trying... They're communicating between each other, and she's saying to him, as a lawyer, you should understand. Mm -hmm. Right? But this dude don't do nothing like a real lawyer because the dude is a shill. Mm. He's living that best agent life now. Now, this is their own messages. Dave Jose ain't here. No. So if your anus is saying in your own messages, you the devil, what the freak are you? Right? People fall in love with the media name. But gosh darn it, his own messages say he the devil. We gonna keep playing? I ain't telling y'all who to pick. I don't give a freak who you pick. Because here's the thing. We the people gonna win with God with or without you. Absolutely. If, if you don't want to accept people's own words, then... Stay in love with them. Stay starstruck. But they're telling you what the freak they did. And you can just verify everything because we can play the video where Amanda Chase comes out and say, speaks about David Jose and Josh Barnett. Right? All right. Let's finish this one up. And then we're going to go on. We're going to take some more responses from the people about what they see. And then we're going to move into that heavy. Okay. Um, they are going to play recordings tonight on Frank's speech. This is from um, Clement. Uh -huh. um, and she's and, and Amanda responds, I know he's also going to do an Salty interview. Lulu. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Salty Lulu. Mm -hmm. um, I know he's also going to do an interview and tell his side of the story. He'll keep digging a hole he will be there undoing of America first audit if you continue to have him spread lies. He is a cyber and has nothing to do with the ground game operation. I won't support whoa, whoa. the audit. The what? The what? It says he is a nothing cyber. Nothing to do with the what? 
of the ground game operation. So what ground game operation if they ain't never teach nobody how to get audits and we're the only ones who got one in American history? What ground game operations? And he's going to be, did he, did she say he's going to be the destruction of America or of America first audit chats? American first audit. America first audit chats are the agents trying to destroy America and the audits. She's saying if the guy is able to talk, it's going to destroy them. Well, what does he know? I know what he knows. Y'all want to know what he knew? He knew just like Joe Oatman's evidence that was fake and he lied to us and didn't really have it, that there was never a such thing of PCAPs that ever existed. Y'all want to hear some more PCAPs? Here's some more PCAPs. They faked the freaking PCAPs that they told y'all was real. That's why I come all the time and I laugh and joke and I say I give real PCAPs because they were lying about the PCAPs. And guess what? There's a special person who actually recorded uh, the people working with Lindell who lied to him. There's a recording of them telling that the PCAPs were always fake and they knew it. Mm. <clears throat> and then they went on the next day and said, we're going to give you something better than the PCAPs. How did they know to switch and give something better than the PCAPs? And how did they know that it would be better than the PCAPs when they bring the lady up and she tells about what she saw in Colorado? Right. And then she, and then she gets indicted. Mm. Everybody, they get to do something, guys, why they keep getting indicted? But but Joe Oatman don't get indictment, indicted. Clemens don't get indicted. Come on, y'all, just think now. Think and read their own words. All right, we're going to let for, for such a time as this speak real quick, then Riley, then uh, Shauna. No, we can go Shauna first. Shauna, you first for such a time as this. No, Riley next, then for such a time as this. Can y'all let me know what y'all feel about what the freak y'all saying? <clears throat> you cut out on me just for a second. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you let me know what you feel about what you're seeing right now? Say again. Can you let me know what you feel about what you're seeing right now? Yeah. I mean, just your last statement alone, you know, Tina Peters and how she got arrested, you know, indicted. She also just lost her husband. I mean, the fact that Javon, you know, talks about being poisoned. Um, I'll just tell you, I mean, I, I'm, I was so new to all this that I, I, I could not figure out who's telling the truth though, because I'm so green, <laughs> you know, I, at my level of discernment and, the area of, um, you know, all this tech talk, um, you know, I had a little bit of experience, but not to the point where I could have figured that I was able to figure out and, and understand this. And I, I also wasn't doing it full time to the point where I could, like, I didn't, I've never heard of Salty Lulu until now. So I don't, I didn't know who she was, but I mean, I know the people that ran the Oklahoma channels and stuff, and I knew what they told me, but I, you know, my, my exposure was pretty limited, but I was going to the Mike Lindell seminars, you know, the last two of them I went to, uh -huh. and I was dealing with the Oklahoma group, but it was, it was really weird because it, anytime my mind would have a question in it, 
it, it always went to uh, the, the answer I was creating for myself and the excuse I was giving people whenever I was really curious was I thought there was the background plan going on, <laughs> you know, and it tied into all the stuff that Mike Lindell talks about with him going to the White House and the, all the PCAPs, you know, that there's there's stuff that's going to come out um, and that <sighs> it ain't never been... come out. It ain't never come out, though. Did it? Well, let me ask you, now that you see yeah. these things in their own words, how does it make you feel? Yeah, I'm sick. I mean, I'm 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 yeah, I feel very portrayed. And especially since, you know, Clements and Joe Altman himself, too. I mean, they they pray a lot. They're constantly talking about you know, the Bible and they're giving you this walk with Jesus that you feel like, well, you know, let me ask I mean, you this. Have you ever seen them effectively quote scripture and tell you what it means and teach the gospel and offer for you to come get baptized into Christ? No, not like you and Hey guys, and hold on one second. We got, we got Jovan Hutton Pulitzer actually here. Um, I want to invite him up to speak too because I offered for him and Joe uh, Joe Oatman to come. I yeah. do want to ask both of them hard questions um, based on different things with the audit so we can kind of identify what's really happening. And I told you guys I'm going to play a video. Hopefully he doesn't get mad because I didn't ask him for permission. But I want to do an analysis of a video from Arizona uh, where there was an actual group of legislative body members, Carrie Lake, uh, another gentleman who was hosting, and they're actually discussing Jovan's evidence, and Jovan is there. So I really want to ask Jovan some questions because it's kind of strange that this video exists, and I don't think it was Jovan's video at first. I think I've seen a, a company called RSBN there. But if Jovan would speak and it's okay, I would like to ask him some questions and kind of get some stuff figured out um, because it's super important. So, Jovan, first of all, is this the real Jovan? Because <laughs> somebody could be faking. Jovan, unmute if it's really you. Can anybody hear me? Am I getting lost? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I can hear you. Jovan, your mic is muted. If this is really you, please unmute. I'll leave you up there uh, just in case it is really you. And uh, we could discuss uh, some of these things if it's okay. I offered for Joe Oatman to come too. I just asked that there's no cursing, like, you know, at each other, no name calling or whatever. But we really get the opportunity to open the door to ask some serious questions about the real audit and stuff, because from what I'm seeing, we just seen a group of people. Okay. Somebody said it's really Jovan. That's good. We've seen a group of people, um, who are news reporters, right. That I know myself personally, that they admit, uh, that I had to check them over admitting that people like Clements and, uh, EOJ were all possibly shields and bad actors. And uh, I showed the text messages showing where they've said these things, but they never told the American people. And now it seems that these people, okay, Jovan fell down for some reason. Uh, now we're seeing that these people are saying that Jovan is a bad guy, but I just showed you in their own words where they admitted that they knew that some of these guys seem to be shields or agents not really doing things, including Dr. Frank uh, and Professor Clements. So, and EOJ, right? 
So we have established with evidence up to this point that some of these actors were really not good guys and they were hiding the fact that the people who are now going against Jovan, um, which I'm not taking a side of Jovan or them with the audit, I'm going to let them speak for themselves as I ask questions so we can see if things are true or not. And then I'm going to take the physical evidence that I have and let you guys see so you can make a decision if Jovan is real or Oatman and Clements and all these other guys are real. But as of now, for all the newscasters, you guys have seen in the newscasters' own words that they believe Clements, uh, EOJ, and some of the guys are shields and agents, and they just hid it from America. So, so is my microphone wa- working now? Oh yeah, it is working. Thank you so much for coming on, Jovan. I can no tell problem. You. I I apologize that I, I thought I could do it from my desktop, but I couldn't, and uh, so I had to get on my phone. And so I'm here. I'm all for transparency. Ask me anything you want to ask me, and I'll answer to the best of my abilities. I'm sorry. I was I was on the air. I did a special nooner program today uh, because everybody's home in a frozen world on Martin Luther King Day. So I did a special noontime educational program. So I'm free now. Gotcha. So I opened up the door. I apologize. I didn't realize uh, that you were on the show or how long you'd be on the show, but I felt like. I needed to do this for the American people. I feel like, you know, screw all the things that are unimportant when it comes to the people's uh, elections, audits, and the such. Um, I do have some firsthand knowledge about things with you with the audit, but I'm not you. And I know there's things that you have done that I'm not part of. But I wanted to start by asking you, I have this video Um, And there are uh, multiple people on the stage, Wendy Rogers, Anthony Kern, uh, Mark, um, Mark, Cowboy Hat Mark, the legislator in Arizona. Josh Barnett was there. Fincham? Uh, Yeah, Fincham. There you go. Fincham. I'm sorry. Carrie Lake was there. Um, And uh, a couple of, uh, Bia Suchi, I think his name is, uh, legislator from Arizona. I seen you giving a presentation in this location, um, but I first want to ask, is it true that you were in a room with these legislators and the people I just mentioned uh, presenting evidence from uh, things that happened in Arizona's audit? Yeah, there was a, uh, uh, a request for me to come present Mm-hmm. Uh, my evidence, so various lawmakers or people involved in the process or integrity or whatever could see it. I don't really remember the name of the hotel, but there was a, a grand ballroom, which I spoke in, and then three overflow ballrooms that were also filled with people where they couldn't fit in the big ballroom, but they watched, I guess, on big screen TV. And I was asked to uh, come in and present the findings of fact based on what I do. And please remember my world is binary. And I don't mean that in the damn leftist binary stuff. It means it either is or it isn't. And so I don't necessarily concern myself with whether it Trump's favor or Biden's favor. It just gets right down to the fact of was the election run compliant? Were the rules followed? And what the county certified 
could that be cross-verified? And so basically, you just let the technology and investigation go, just like a criminal investigation, and you see where it leads you. And then once you have gathered your documented facts and uh, basically are able to, sh to uh, show it, then you basically present your findings. And that's what I was there for. Okay, so did you... Did you actually have, so I mentioned some legislative body members. Were there some legislative body members actually in the location? Yes. Okay. And did any of those legislative body members that were in the location ever go on Arizona public record and say that you had nothing to do with any work with the Arizona audit? No, not at all. Okay. So the Arizona legislative body members that came, uh, they actually did come uh, with the intention of hearing what you had to say, because they believed as legislative representatives that you actually had real access to evidence of the Arizona 2020 election. Yeah, they came because they knew number one, there were, they know they knew who the auditors auditors, official auditors hired were. There were three Doug Logan as the supervisory auditor. And he worked on, you know, uh, digital forensics and stuff, but he was the lead. And then there were two subs and one sub was, uh, Ben Cotton and his company cipher. And then the other sub was, uh, my company. And I, mine was specifically for, uh, the paper digital forensics and photo, uh, forensics. And so all three of us, had direct agreements with Doug and his authority issued to him on behalf of the uh, Senate of Arizona. Okay. Now, you know what? I got to hit on that too, because that's important as well. So is it true that Karen Fan, Senate president, actually took part in making sure that there will be an audit for Arizona? Because I can't see your side of anything that you've done, but I do know that uh, Josh Barnett and I directed Karen Fan with affidavits uh, in order to push forth an audit in Arizona, but I can't see your side. So I want to see from your side, is it true that Karen Fan took part in an audit for Arizona? Uh, yes. Karen Fan had to look over all the agreements. Um, they had to vet anybody that was involved in that at that level. Um, to audit had to be investigated and approved by the Senate uh, that they were in good standing, et cetera, et cetera. So you had to kind of go through that investigation first. Um, I had several phone calls uh, with Karen. Hey, wait, uh, Vine, just so yeah. the listeners know, because I might, I got lost a little bit. So does that mean that they also had to specifically investigate you before choosing you and your work uh, yes. being used in audit? Yeah, I'll give you an example. Most people don't know. Um, uh, Dr. Shiva uh, wanted to be part of and do the forensic audit when he when he heard one was going to be done. But Dr. Shiva um, did not uh, pass a verification where he could be approved to do it. Um, and so the, the three that were chosen in this process were Doug Logan because of his uh, uh, credentials, government work, etc. 
uh, Ben Cotton was chosen because of his credentials and uh, government work. I was chosen because of my credentials and deep background in photographic forensics, which I do in the uh, medical arena and have a number of patents of it. Plus, also, I committed to create brand new technology that could uh, detect what we were looking for. And so those were the three approved. In that, there were uh, uh, providers chosen. The first group of providers was a company called Wake Technologies out of Pennsylvania. Uh, all of us uh, flew up to Pennsylvania to meet with them. They had some backgrounds in uh, maybe handling a recount or something. I don't exactly remember. So we were all brought into Philadelphia and we sat down and uh, started going through game plans and how we do it. And then after we met and we came back, then all of us through a series of Zooms and our meetings planned, okay, how will this be done? And so what we had to do is we had to um, take in consideration Arizona law. And here's a good example. In Arizona, to do a recount, which was a requirement of the Senate, the Senate in the forensic audit, remember, there were actually uh, two things going, there were actually three things going on at once. There was a digital forensic audit of the drives, that's been cotton. There was a uh, forensic audit using digital technology of the physical papers, that was me. But then there was a recount that the Senate wanted, and they wanted to do a recount. And so that's why on the floor um, for the recount, you basically saw special handlers that would take the ballot, and they would put it uh, for a way for the three people to look at it. Because according to Arizona law, you have to have three people look at any one ballot and agree to do a recount. Now, what you saw is a couple of modifications because of the uh, fact that we were um, in COVID. And so what we had to do is we had to innovate a way that we could do a hand 100% recount of every ballot, but also maintain social distancing, right? and also comply with the law. And so what you saw innovated was that little uh, daisy, uh, lazy, lazy Susan thing spinning in the middle. And so that's a, that's a, a physical requirement. And so we had to uh, innovate that lazy Susan. And so the company that has to execute that part of it is Wake Technology. So Wake has to, okay, here are the specs. We've got to create uh, these little lazy Susans that will hold the ballot at the right angle and whatever. Then you basically have what we did is we decided, okay, well, how are we going to keep track of every person that touched every ballot and in a forensic audit, you're not just looking, you have to be able to prove it after the fact. In other words, if you say a ballot was bad, you have to be able to go back to the box 
to the batch to the ballot by the time you get to a court of law. Now, that was my part of it. And so what I brought to that physical operation was how I manage uh, large expeditionary groups in investigation. And so that's why you see uh, the colors, right? And uh, the colors in the group are so we could keep track of everybody that touched it. We could make sure we know that people were staying only in their assigned areas because we're dealing with sensitive documents. We could understand what people's role are. And so all of the color coding, how does it handle? How do you track it? Where does the ballot go? Where does the ballot belong? Uh, that's all my, uh, proprietary stuff. And so we all got together, planned that out, worked up the execution document. And then basically they went and they acquired photographic equipment or whatever to my specification. And then basically they had to rig it and make it and station it according to my specification to do it. And that's what you saw, um, happen on the, uh, on the, uh, floor. Right. They're hey, executing wait, so my I specification. More, I got one more important question because you, you said quite a few things and you hit some things that kind of um, I didn't know. So I got to ask for the uh, those who are following this and, and people are jumping on like crazy. So people want to know this. Um, so when you so you named off a lot of people in detail, you named off a lot of things that happened in the excuse me, in the audit in detail, like, for instance, meeting in Pennsylvania um, how you guys came together to make a plan, how they had to investigate you guys. So there has been some attacks and I don't, I don't know, uh, you know, that, that people are trying to make where they're trying to speak of your name or your old name, you change your name. Um, but you're telling me that they actually investigated you so they could see your history before the audit was done. Yes. Some people try to go back 25, 25 plus years in time to when I had a name change because of a, a really bad event that, that happened in my life, mm -hmm. uh, that threatened my family. Gotcha. And I'm, and I'm plugging in a, a charger. So hang on. Okay. So 25 plus years ago, um, I underwent a maneuver to make sure that people could not get online. You still there, guys? Yes, sir. Okay. Couldn't get online. And I'm just adjusting, so hang on. Take your time. Where and, you? Uh, you know, find where you live and whatever the case be. Remember, I was on television for years with Fox Television. And then after I left Fox, I and, and I was on Fox and PBS. And after I left Fox... I jumped to CBS, and then after CBS, I jumped to uh, ABC. Anyway, hang on, I'm trying to turn something around. Uh, one second. Okay, sorry. Then, so um, what happened is I made a stupid mistake of having a vanity license plate, <laughs> right? And so I'm driving down the highway, and... I've got Jovan on my license plate and I attracted a stalker and uh, this stalker wanted to have sex with me. But see, my luck is it wasn't some cute blonde or some hot toddy. It was like a 
you know, six foot six, 380 pound dude. Right. <laughs> and, uh, I started getting, I started getting weird emails that, Hey, Hey, do you like that dinner last night? He was following me. And when we kind of finally narrowed down what it was, he found where I lived in a very secluded gated community. Uh, and it became a threatening situation. So what I did was what most people on television do. Most people don't know how this works. But, you know, I never intended to be a television personality. It was a direct result of my technology work and, and uh, expertise on TV that ultimately led to a series. So what I did is a standard move that allows you to change your name. That means everything. Your your driver's license, your uh, passports, your credit cards, everything. And I changed my name so I could make sure people couldn't find out where I actually lived. And I always use the example, if you want to understand this, how this works, look up a person by the name of Thomas Mapether. And when you do your work, you would find out Thomas Mapether is now Tom Cruise. It's only just a way to protect your assets from bad characters. Anyway, it was a very bad time in my life. That was 25 years ago. Nobody ever really talked about it. It was no big deal. And at the time, uh, I was worth about a billion dollars. I was the Wall Street wonder kid on Wall Street. Everybody was, you know, writing about me. And then after the dot-com crash happened and everybody kind of went down, a newspaper basically used it to kind of write bad at me. Like my name was changed because of the dot-com stuff. And even though it had nothing to do with it. Now you need to understand when a man changes his name, it is not anything like, like when uh, people get married, when a man changes his name, it's a, it's a very detailed investigation through the courts. You have to, uh, the court has to confirm that you're not running from anything, that you're not a criminal, you're not hiding anything. And it has to go through all of that stuff because all of my stuff even had to change all the way up to the Department of State. And so it was that process and I did it and that's it. And the left tries to use that as a way to impugn me. But I do, I do find it funny. It's the, you know, the left, um, attacks me because I never talked about politics, but they, they have always attacked me once people found out I was a conservative. Um, and I think it's funny when you find people on the right doing that, but yes, it goes through the FBI and everything. And so when you're doing an audit like this with the Senate, they investigate everything. They, you know, I had to answer questions about, I got pulled over in a van where my son didn't have a seatbelt on. They even knew about that. Right. And I had to answer such detailed investigation of my past that that, that was the only thing that they, they could ask about. Okay, well, tell us what happened here. And I said, okay, I was moving a expedition vehicle van, which is a cargo van, and I had my boys in the back and they didn't have their seatbelts on and they were screwing around in the back. We were moving the vehicle 300 yards, uh, going from one storage place. We had to get on the road. We had to go about 300 yards down and get to the backside of the storage place. Cause it was easier. And a police officer saw the boys playing in the back and pulled me over for minors, not wearing a seatbelt. That's how detailed they got with investigating who I was. Now I, I will say, uh, I've done real estate for a long time. I dealt with the guy 
who uh, is on uh, Donald Trump's Wealth 101, and uh, he's the guy behind Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the real Rich Dad. And I'll tell you that uh, he's very wealthy, very well known. And what happens is when you start to get famous or you do a lot of business, people want to sue you. They want to find your assets. <clears throat> so a lot of times people will uh, put property in trust. It's a normal thing for people to not have people recognizing where they live. So I can attest uh, to that uh, because I've watched it done inside of uh, that world. And if you just look at Arizona legislature in recent history, after people found out that there were certain people who had fishy stuff with their, uh, their deeds, the legislature in Arizona, now they were passing a bill to make it so that they could privatize their actual locations, so you can't find it in the recorder's office. I now, think people don't understand, you know, in my world, in the tech world, mm -hmm. and you have to understand who all my partners were, the best of the best. And when everybody was trying to go public so they could be a billion-dollar company, I had built from the ground up private a billion dollar company and that kind of changes the thing but i can tell you how it works one and plus you know being on tv didn't help so you're driving down the highway even after you change your license plate which don't have vanity plates you're, you're going down the highway somebody recognizes you it's totally innocent right they recognize you, you can always tell when they spot you right and then all of a sudden they pull up ahead of you and then slam on their brakes and hope like hell you hit them because a lot of people see a mill ticket like that. And that's where you see some odd, odd stuff that when you get to that point, you have to do things. It's just like, you know, my same press person also handled uh, Steve Jobs. And what Steve did with his automobile is because in, in California, when you, when you buy a vehicle, it can stay with a dealer tag which only goes to the dealer. You can stay with a dealer tag for six months, uh, but he would change his car every single six months. So you're never in that where people can find you or see you or show up because they'll show up at your home. You know, everybody's asking, Hey, can you help this? My kid needs to go to band camp. Can you can do this, do this? A lot of it, 99.999% of it's perfectly fine. And, you know, and innocent, and uh, some of it's nefarious, but it has a bad effect too. You know, you have somebody, look, you're this wealthy. I just want $1,000 so I can send my kid to DC. You can't do that for everybody. And if you, if, you know, if you tell them no, all of a sudden they get pissed off at you like you're a, a bad guy. It just changes your world. Money is, money is not as easy, simple, and wonderful as people think, but in all this, so you understand, that's where my name change came from. I didn't have, it was a very simple thing for me to do. My, my birth first name's Jeffrey. I didn't meet my mother till I was 22 years old. I didn't know her. She named me after somebody in her family. I never liked Jeffrey. Jovan's always been my middle name, been passed down in my father's family forever. I just moved that up the front. Uh, people knew I had a P and a last name, Phil Yaw. Basically, I chose Pulitzer. Hutton is my middle name. And if you were to look at my son, my 25-year-old son, I chose it intentionally because I, because I didn't want to name my 
son after me because I didn't want my son to feel like he needed to live up to anything I did in life. And my career started when I was 15. And so Hutton, ironically, is actually my son's name. And so I did it in reverse. I took my son's name. I knew what we were going to name him. I took my son's name to honor myself after my son. And that's where it comes from. Gotcha. And that makes a lot of sense. And, and this is the thing, like a lot of people will play uh, as if they're saying something bad about you just by saying your name. And it's really utterly ridiculous. And the way that I always looked at it, why I ask you that hard question is because I realized that the legislature has to investigate you if they're dealing with you. And so right. the very fact that they allowed you to do an audit after the name change shows that they don't give a darn about the name change. And these are professional people who actually deal with audits, right? Well, they they understood that, number one, it was 25 years ago. They also understood that there was nothing nefarious. Yes. And they also understand that when a fellow does it, you already go through all the FBI background checks. And when you got to change all of your State Department documents, that you have to go through that. And it was all fine and wonderful and dandy. They knew what they were dealing with. But people who aren't in the know try to spin it as if it's something uh, nefarious. Yeah, and I, I believe that the people here would understand as important as the work is that you uh, have done um, and as important as the audit is that the legislature is not going to play a game with their name by allowing a crook to get in and just do the audit. They're going to right. check, guys. And this is why I had to ask that question. I want you guys to see that when people say certain things, you got to be careful because sometimes those who are on social media are not trying to tell the truth or be honest. And they're not uh, often using their thinking cap when they say something they expect for us to just jump, but not think. And so for me, when I see, OK, well, if he's dealing with the audit, they had to look in to see if he was OK to deal with the audit. So when somebody says something about a name. I say, eh, whatever. Right. People change their name all the time. Who cares? Right. Because the legislature did the work for us. Remember, we are to instruct the legislature based on the law, petition them for redress of grievances. If we see something's wrong with elections, it's their job to follow us when we tell them to seek out people to do audits. Let me get today real quick and then we'll go back to Javon with more questions. Go ahead today. Okay. I'll just be real brief. You know, I'm just kind of giving you a play by play because I was inviting uh, Joe to the space so we could deal with any kind of grievances or whatever, just because, you know, I think we're all here to save America. But uh, Joe, I mean, uh, Joe responded back to me when I let him know that Jovan was here and he could address him directly. And he just states, uh, pay back the 30,000 he stole. I don't care about the trash heaps of history. He is irrelevant. Return the money he stole, period. This is chaos session. And then he blocked me. So um, I find that very, very peculiar because um, it. I think it's something to say that Jovan has shown up. You know, Jovan has come here. He has given us a background history into his personal life, which he did not need to relinquish to us. And um, he's here open and willing to answer any questions on a on an open platform uh, impromptu. This was not scheduled. So I was blocked just for inviting Joel Oatman onto the space. And Jovan is here telling us why he changed his name. So I'm just saying, you know, 
public opinion, I believe, is probably the highest court. Um, so I just think that we should just look at these characters. That's all I wanted to add. You know, I, I think it goes even a little bit deeper because I've always uh, tried to give Joe the benefit of the doubt. Now, uh, Joe and Jovan has had discussions on Twitter where I'll see Joe say, uh, which Joe deals with Clements, who's a friends of, friend of Jaren's, right? And some of you guys know that who did a space the other day. Jaren has now become a student of mine. Uh, and Joe tried to present to me that Jovan was a bad guy and he kept calling Jovan a fraud. And I said, wait, can you just tell me exactly what you mean when you call him a fraud? Are you talking about the fact that he didn't do the audit in Arizona and he didn't, his technology was not used? Or is that what you're trying to tell me, sir? Because I have firsthand knowledge the opposite way. So I said, okay, so Joe, just show me that you were involved in the audit so that you have firsthand knowledge of who was involved. So at least I can know that you're speaking from somewhere where you have clarity. Well, what ended up happening was uh, Joe said uh, that Jovan didn't do the audit and the such, even though Karen Fan, the Senate president, told me that he did. So now being that I directed Karen Fan to do an audit and I was meeting to teach her how to stop the DOJ and such from interfering, when she tells me that Jovan did the audit, she's the one who's in the audit. So I asked Joe, Joe, can you please just show me something that shows that you were in meetings or uh, part of the audit? And he actually told me once that he did some work or something. He wrote something for the audit. I, I can't remember exactly what he was saying, but, I, but I'm like, sir, can you show me? But then just the other day after pushing and me and him going back and forth now because he wished for me to say in September that Jovan didn't do anything with the audit. And I said, sir, that would be a lie, though. Why, why would you want me to say that Jovan didn't do what I know he did? And so this has caused the riffraff over the, the last few days because Mr. Oatman would not provide evidence that he did anything in the audit. Then he backpedaled some but then he's still trying to say that Jovan is a fraud when Karen Fan has told me about what happened in the audit. And I, I, I saw documents and evidence from the audit from Jovan. And then I have the video that I'm going to show you guys from RSBN where Jovan is providing information from the work he did on the audit to legislators in Arizona who know that Jovan took part in the audit. So I'm not understanding... I'm really not understanding how this gentleman, Oatman, continues to say, no, Jovan didn't do this, but he was not there. And I wanted to ask you this, Jovan, um, when you were in your meeting in Pennsylvania and you did these different things, is there any one time that uh, this gentleman, Joe Oatman or Professor Clemens or even this EOJ guy, he goes under the name like Don Kwong and a whole bunch of you know, names that are foreign to our language. Um, have you ever seen any of these guys or talked to any of these guys at the meetings that were held with Karen Fan or uh, with uh, these uh, different actors like Cotton and the other people you name who actually took part in the audit? Um, no. My history with Joel Oltman uh, and Clements, I'll tell you both, so you know how I, I came in contact with them. Um, in, uh, let's see, 
just after people saw me at the Senate hearing in Georgia, the Senate election integrity hearing where I got called in by the Senate of Georgia, after I testified and that uh, testimony went viral, I got a call from somebody saying, uh, will you uh, take a Zoom meeting with a pastor that is fighting this fight, we think you could help him out. Uh, and he's really doing good work. Would you take a meeting? And I said, sure. And that Zoom meeting was the very first time I had ever been uh, or heard the name Joe Altman. In that meeting, it was presented to me that Joe Altman or Joe Altman, Joe Altman was a pastor and that he was starting grassroots organizations in every state. And that grassroots organization was called uh, FEC, something FEC United or whatever. I think it stood for faith, education, and something. And Joe, on that, after he was introduced as a pastor, made a pitch asking me for a half a million dollars. And I said, I thought I was here to kind of understand uh, what you were doing. I didn't know this was a pitch for money. And he says, well, we, we would like you to put in a half a million dollars to help our goal. And I said, listen, um, number one, this isn't why I took the call. So I'm very sorry I misunderstood. Uh, and number two, uh, there is no way that technology or otherwise, I'm going to write a check or endorse anybody that I have never met and do not know. And so I'm sorry, but this is just not for me. And then the call terminated. Um, then uh, somebody had sent me uh, Clemens's uh, videos that he started putting online. And uh, I had... Clements had been knocking on my door really hard. Hey, can I interview you? Can I interview you? I think you're going to save America. Uh, I think your technology is brilliant. Can I interview you? Can I interview you? And he was doing his thing called the professor's record. And so when I finally agreed to do it, it happened to be the day that I was on with my legal counsel discussing where I had been offered in a very sideways way, $10 million, if I would just not help the Arizona audit, would just kind of walk away because, you know, and I was told, look, we all go to school together. Our kids go to school together. We all know each other. You know, nobody wants this. And then he said, and you know how this is done, you know, just put, you know, put like $10 million in a foreign bank account and, and it's all yours. We don't, we just don't want any waves. And so they were floating an idea past me. And I remember on the call, I said, do, am I to understand 
what you just said, and by the way, this was a lawmaker. And uh, so I, I bowed out of the call. I immediately called my attorney to document it with him and saying, okay, how do you want me to handle this? I'm not a, I'm not a lawmaker, so it's not really a bribe, but they're saying $10 million if you just won't do what you're saying you could do. And my attorney gave me the advice he gave me and got that on the process. Well, that was the day that I had scheduled. I would meet with this Clements guy. And so I was pretty much close to the wire of when with Clements and, and I had to do it and it wasn't even in my normal video setup, but I went ahead and did the interview. And in that interview, uh, just hearing Clements, I basically took him as a, a convicted fellow fighting the fight. And I basically told him, well, here's what I dealt with in my day. And I explained what had just happened and how dirty this was. Well, that video uh, for Clements, it went viral. And it went viral across the news, about a million views. And frankly, I had never, ever, ever paid attention to Clements after that. I got a few uh, requests from him. He wanted to uh, interview uh, uh, Sidney Powell, and he knew I had a relationship with her. He wanted to interview General Flynn, all these different people he wanted to interview. And he's asking me to connect him with them. And I said, look, I can't guarantee any, any, any guarantee anything, but I'll, uh, I'll at least let him know you would love to talk to him at some time. And, uh, that was it. And then ironically enough, because I thought Clements was a fighter. Um, and then I see him pop up at this, uh, Mike Lindell cyber symposium. And I'm trying to think, well, that's kind of odd because he's not a technology guy. So then, you know, I'd question Mike and stuff. And I, I go, why is this guy Clements there at your cyber thing? And, and I'm told, well, he just showed up. He wasn't invited to speak. He just showed up. And so as you may or may not know, the, there was a crisis at the cyber symposium, a very serious technical crisis. So all the real experts had to kind of leave the room and uh, Mr. Clements was uh, invited up on stage and was hanging out with Dr. Frank. And Clements actually presented my information about this as federal racketeering and how it works, which I had presented uh, about uh, 45 days before. And so he kind of redid my presentation and presented this racketeering uh, here it is. And, and that's how Clements kind of came onto the scene. And unfortunately, because he had interviewed me, it kind of gave him some credibility. And then when I kind of really found out behind the scenes uh, and that he was just an agitator and or whatever, uh, we made him take down the interview that uh, he had done with me. Uh, he basically said, well, I want to know who the name is. And it's not really true. And it's this. And he was pushing for the name. Uh, which I thought was, and by the way, are you still with me, Dave, or am I talking by myself? No, sir, I'm here. We are Okay, here. great, great. I just want to make sure. Uh, he, he kept on pushing for the name. I want to know who it is. Well, as you know, that was a bombshell because it's a lawmaker. And in fact, at that time, I wasn't revealing it was a lawmaker. 
And I found it really weird. He wanted that name. He wanted that name. And so I kind of figured somebody was trying to do damage control and I never released that at all. Right. To hold it back. Wow. Because, you know, that's a, that's like an wow. ace in the hole. I'm never going to release, release that. And so he was pushing for that. And when he started attacking me about it, that's why, that's when I kind of cut it off. But there was a, there was a, uh, unintended consequence of that since Mike and the true experts were off the floor, it basically put Clements and Dr. Frank on the floor and everybody saw them for a day. And so they just basically felt that those two guys were experts. Well, then it had another consequence. And that consequence was as we're all fighting with key States to get real audits, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Washington, all these other ones, those lawmakers said, well, these guys must be experts. They're on TV. We've got to hear from them because they're associated with Mike, call them in. So they called in all those experts. And of course, Dr. Frank and them said, look, uh, the Arizona audit's a grift. It's uh, too much money. You don't need to do that. It's a waste of time. It'll never find anything. You just need to canvas. Well, if you understand the Arizona audit, that was with an agreement with the Senate. The lawmakers' names are on the line. And so what they did is once lawmakers were basically sold on the idea by these two brand new experts that came out of nowhere who said, you don't have to do a full forensic audit, just canvas first. What it did is it made all the lawmakers stand down and go, oh, you mean we don't have to sign agreement? Oh, our names won't show up in the media? Oh, the left won't attack us like they did Karen Fan and stuff for signing agreement? And they basically orchestrated a way to let all those lawmakers off the hooks and we yep. never got any full forensics done. And so that's my only extent. And oh, by the way, I have to tell you, I had no idea until I saw a pre-release version of the deep rig, you know, which General Flynn was in and Joe Flynn was in and I was in, etc. I was absolutely floored when I saw that this guy, Joel Altman's in the deep rig. And here's why, you know, when I was there, at the day and we're filming it's patrick and uh sydney powell's there and i'm there and others and they're filming stuff and i did my piece but when i got a pre-release of the movie i'm going joel oltman why would they have a pastor and then i see his piece and now he's not a pastor but he's supposedly a technology architecture expert a tech ceo and I'm going, a tech CEO, nobody can verify his background. Like, how is this guy a tech CEO? And so I, I thought that was really weird. And now let's jump forward. We get to the we get to the release of the documentary. And it was a really big event with General Flynn and Joe and you know, uh, Joe Flynn, his brother and stuff. And it's at this big church. Uh, I'm working on audit stuff, so I'm remote. But see, I'm just paper, so I can talk about the paper right? Because mine's a patented, unique technology. And so all of a sudden, here comes this debut everybody's going to watch. And a few funky things happened. Somehow at that event where thousands of people are gathered, the director, supposedly, the director allowed a guy to speak. And all of a sudden, right? 
Ann Vanderstill was hosting it. Here comes this kid and he's going to speak. And he spoke first. Nobody knows who this fucking kid is. Well, come to find out he's a kid that's called baby Q. He says he's from the future and has come back in time to tell us what's going to happen. So it was a sabotage setup. So all of a sudden this event begins with a baby Q. We're trying to like, what is the fuck is this? Right next Doug Logan did agree to talk from a technology standpoint about how do you get data and how do you audit these things? His agreement with the movie, right? With the movie was they would hide his name. They would hide his face. They would distort his voice and he would explain cyber sleuthing and stuff he's done for the government, etc. We're all there watching this movie, which is where I saw this Joel Altman shit. And I'm still trying to figure that out, right? But all of a sudden it gets to Doug's part. They didn't block his face. They didn't uh, pixelate him out. They didn't change his voice. And boom, the media has another story because Doug and I are still in the audit. I could do it. He couldn't. All of a sudden, boom, all hell hits the fan. Here he is on this conspiracy documentary. There has been wow. so many, wow. so many deceptive, horrible things done since the beginning of us. And just so you know, is when they tried to poison me and almost got me at an event. And the at this event, a lot of people got hit with this stuff. And uh, what was, you know, some kind of spray. It almost killed me. I now look back in time and the person I was with at that event, when I got hit with that, basically said they got hit with it too. I'm like on my deathbed. I'm telling you, uh, the weirdest shit was happening to me, hallucinations, working with private doctors because I wasn't going to go to a regular hospital. He claimed to have it too. He claimed it was anthrax. Somehow it made the national newspaper and he claimed he was down and out. Well, that person that I was with there kind of hanging out with and had dinner was Joe Altman, but he claimed, but he claimed he got hit too. But what's in interesting is when I'm down and out and people are wondering where I am, he showed up at one of my homes looking for me. Wow. And but yet at the same time he's claiming he's down and out, he's sick, he's this and he showed it at a uh, up at a home that he could of no way know that was a, a home or an asset of mine or whatever he showed up. And then after I get through that sickness and we get to mid-year when the Georgia investigators are threatening my life and of course, you know, they were uh, January 6th proxies and they had been deputized, which I told people, I believe they're deputized by the DOJ and they're trying to do this to try to find stuff to tie back to January 6th. Well, when that investigator out of Fannie Willis's office is supposedly trying to reach me claiming they can't, they called my ex-wife and my children and they were threatening them. And the only person in my life at that time in this stuff who knew of my ex-wife and where my children were was Joe Altman. Wow. Now, now, Jovan, you just hit on some stuff that just blew my mind. I don't know if you have any idea about this. You probably don't. 
because I know you do your own shows and you're busy as heck. You don't watch everybody else's stuff. But um, did you know that there's actually evidence that uh, Clements actually had a plan to go around to the legislators around the country to tell them not to work with affidavits and the such with us? Yeah, it's really interesting. And, and let me tell you how I equate. I know of that, but let me tell you how I equate it, too. One of the things I tried to do in my audit was as we were finding things that were nefarious, I wanted to match those two affidavits. So I could say, here's what our computer technology found. Here's what we say it is. And by the way, here's a human that experienced it saying this paper was wrong or whatever. Well, all of those at, uh, affidavits, for some reason, uh, Arizona wouldn't turn over. And then we were told, I said, look, I need to match our findings with personal observations of humans. And here's what I was told. Well, all of those are in the hands of one attorney and you can get it from that attorney. And so I worked with that attorney. I said, here's what we're doing. Here's what we found. I need those affidavits. That attorney avoided it like the plague and never turned any of them over. And they had supposedly gathered them all up. That attorney, Jenna Ellis. Whoa. And, uh, yeah, never would turn over to us for the audit a single affidavit so we could map it back. Hold on. So then, so Karen Fan had the 127 affidavits that we did in front of the MTech Center, where the people gave them to us from the different counties, all experiencing the same thing on the same day. And I told people, these affidavits will prove exactly what's going on. Now, oh my gosh. So Ellis is the lady who was kind of cool with Giuliani, right? Yeah, she was she was uh, tied to Giuliani at the beginning. Yep. Um, oh, Giuliani, Giuliani in Pennsylvania and other people used some of my findings and points and referenced me. So did Jenna, but she would never turn them over. Then when I really dug deep in affidavits and I'm trying to go to the GOP, right? And uh -huh. I'm looking for affidavits. Of course, the GOP and all these activists did this whole thing, signed this, check this box, do this. Come to find out the judge in Arizona threw all that out and called it spam. And I'm going, wait, these are affidavits, you know, trying to look at his judgment. And what I found out is there's a technicality that the GOP intentionally had people do affidavits online, yes. check boxes and do it. Therefore, people thought they did affidavits and Every one of them was invalid. Now okay. let's go to the, do we go to the next part is all that time. The person that was preventing the turnover of the routers or preventing the turnover of the Splunks was an attorney inside advising Karen Finn. He was the County GOP attorney. And he was the one that told Doug, if you use Jovan's stuff, we're going to revoke your indemnification. And he kept on trying to get Doug not to use it. And Doug said, you know, go screw you. Well, that attorney is the one that gave Karen Fan an agreement that said the uh, Maricopa County supervisors complied with the subpoena. They've turned over everything. He told Karen Fan. Look, let's just get them to sign it so we can ease this in the media, but they're going to handle everything. Trust me. Well, Karen signed that agreement. And then the board of supervisors said, fuck you, turned over nothing. We got a letter saying we already complied. Now that attorney who screwed that up, 
a couple of interesting things about him. He later kind of worked himself into some of the suits with President Trump, which of course <gasps> I too advised, which would I advised on. But, and I had this discussion directly with President Trump on December 2nd. We're sitting there at, at Mar-a-Lago. You know, most people meet with him maybe five or 10 minutes. We sat down for an hour and a half, and then he invited me to dinner, hang out. But one of the things we talked about was that attorney, and I found out, he said, I fired that screwing attorney. Well, you know where that who that where that attorney is now? He's no longer the county attorney for the GOP in Maricopa. He is now the head GOP attorney for the entire state of Arizona. Okay, now let me give you some information, Javar, because you just hit on a lot of stuff. So you remember you said uh they wouldn't give you the affidavits, right? So the affidavits that were done by us that made Karen Fan do the audit. There were 127 affidavits we gave her from the people. Karen Fan was on an interview and she said, oh, yeah. Uh, they said, do you uh, feel like there's evidence of, uh, you know, uh, corruption and fraud in Arizona? She said, listen, I don't think there's evidence. There's evidence on my desk right now from the people. And that's evidence. Right. So that was the 127 affidavits that we gave to her. Right. Right. And Josh and Shelby Bush and them were going to make copies of them and send them up the chain of command to Giuliani and that side to get it to Trump. Right. Right. Now, when Sidney Powell and General Flynn said they talked to Trump about the affidavit that we sent for Trump to follow the law using uh, 13848 in the uh, Article 4, Section 4 of the United States Constitution. Right. It it ended up that the attorneys in the White House were getting ready to fight uh, Sidney Powell. They were going crazy, and Patrick Byrne talked about it and others. Now, here's what's crazy. The affidavits that the one long attorney, I'm going to say, took over inside of Maricopa County, We, me and Josh went on 24th Street, and I think it was Indian School. Uh, the street has a VW bus and car building location right down the street from that building. We went there and asked to see the affidavits, talked to the attorneys there and showed them before it happened with Trump that their, all their affidavits were done wrong. Now, remember, Josh, uh, me, uh, Kelly Ward, her husband, Mike, um, a lady who was, uh, I don't know, Paul Gosar, a Hispanic lady for Trump group member wearing a pink shirt, we were all in a hotel downtown and I taught them how, how we were going to use affidavits to catch all these people. And you could prove it because I did a video at night with a bullhorn telling everybody we were going to use affidavits, block the courts, use alternative tribunals to get the audit and nobody's going to be able to stop us. The rest of the nation will follow. This was on November 4th or 5th, right after the election, right? Now, the 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 Republican guys heard how we were going to do it at the same time that I told them I will go home, create a basic affidavit with all the right things so it wouldn't be spam, and I'll put it together so people can write in their own stories so it couldn't be called spam, it couldn't be called, you know, fictitious. It was individual stories in their writing swearing. Well, when I did that, at the same time, they asked the GOP to do it. They came out on the radio the next day and started telling people to come in and bring in your affidavits. That guy, the attorney who was doing them, did them wrong. Josh and I told the attorneys he wouldn't come out. 
They we told the attorneys on the floor, this is completely wrong. You're not following the law. You don't have the correct status standing and jurisdiction under the common law, the, the highest law of Arizona. You have to have an officer swear people in right here. You got it. You got like a multiple choice thing or something. And you don't let them tell their own stories. This is not an affidavit. The jurisdiction is wrong. The jurat, there's no jurat at the bottom. They're self-certifying. You can't do that in law, right? They were like, well, we can see what you're saying, but we got it. We're attorneys, blah, 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 blah. I left. I told Josh, they're throwing every single one of these out of court. I went on uh, my channel and I told people, hey, y'all, uh, I seen some stuff. They're going to throw stuff out of court. That's because they're doing it wrong. Trump's people, right? Right. So I saw they made fake affidavits. We turned in the real affidavits to Karen Fan. They were on her desk. And then Josh uh, was supposed to have Steve and Shelby send the ones up the line directly to Trump. So when we sent the affidavits to Trump, ordering him to deal with the machines and an investigation and all that stuff, Sidney Powell and General Flynn realized that Trump never heard of those affidavits and never got to him. Well, let me let me add something to that. At the end of 2020, I am working very hard to get President Trump to sign an executive order that would clarify and ratify U.S. Code 42, 1974 and 1984 and U.S. Code 52 dash 2701, which I was appalled to find out Arizona lawmakers didn't know existed. And it's the requirement for everything associated with elections to be safe and secured for a minimum of, of 22 months. Some states are 24. And I'm explaining to the lawmakers, we have the right to do this. Here it is. And I'm doing it. So I'm, tr I'm trying to get President Trump to clarify that because I knew the left was working them hard. And, and in the last in, in the last few weeks of the Trump White House, there were probably only four people, five people that had pres truly had President Trump's back. And I wanted to get an executive order in where he could clarify, yes, the paper includes the ballots. And yes, we have these things stored in safeguard in case they need to be audited. We needed to add that word wording in case they need to be audited. And the New York attorney, which was the White House counsel, uh, Mr. Cipollone, basically told President Trump the following. He says, sir, you can't do an executive order because that law is only to for people's registrations. And if you let people see what's being held back from the election, they'll see people's registration inform, in, uh, information, which was a total fucking lie. And he completely sub subverted that executive order. I can also tell you that President Trump moves at 10 million miles an hour. But then and now there are still people around President Trump that are longtime GOPers, just like Meadows was, um, etc., that don't get him the information and stuff that should go to him. And that's why I got personally invited to come in and say, I, I want to sit down with them. And I sat for 90 minutes. It wasn't just a quick thing. Devin Nunes and all kinds of people were there. He called them all in his whole staff to listen to me and present it is because much stuff doesn't get through to him and he knows it. And so this has always 
been a problem with administrations because there are people that don't want it going anywhere. So I'll give you an example. Back in when in Georgia, I had just been testifying uh, December 30th of 2020, and I just testified for the Senate, and we're staying in town because it's New Year's Eve, and we wasn't going to fly out, and we're all kind of sitting around. And there's a phone call that comes through that says, hey, look, we heard that there were possibly counterfeit ballots in Georgia that were being shredded. Now, if you remember back at that time, there was a big hullabaloo regarding that there people had reported, we saw Dominion ballots and they were shredded. And so at that time, and that was just right after the election, and so none of the shredding companies would work with Dominion. And so I happen to be in town. I've got uh, investigators on the ground because remember, it's not me and my organization top to bottom that worked on this project. There's 41. And so we're on the ground in Arizona and we get a call that says, hey, a shredding company has said they just shredded some stuff and they believe it's Dominion ballots. And so I get the phone call. And I said, okay, I'll ferret it out. We'll go see what it is. And so I, I call the guy. He does have a legit shredding company. He's one of the smaller guys. He got a phone call that said, hey, I'm with Dominion Trucking. Not Dominion Voting Systems, Dominion Trucking. And we need a, an immediate uh, pickup and shred. And they asked for a very specific shred. Basically, it means it, it does three steps instead of one. One shred is just, you know, spaghetti. What they wanted is a very special uh, shred, meaning it makes it spaghetti, then it cuts it into confetti, and then it rolls it into tiny balls so it can't be unrolled. Okay? So he's beginning to shred it. And his driver goes to the guy who arranged it and getting him to pay. And the guy hands him an American Express from Dominion Voting Systems. And so the driver goes, holy shit, called the boss. And the boss freaks out because it, the guy gave him fake information. And now they've been shredding stuff from Dominion Voting Systems. And so the guy told the operator, shut down the shredder, which the guy did. And so now this guy has an entire truck with all kinds of stuff in it. And so what I did is I worked with people on the ground and we got with this shredder and he gave us possession of his truck and working with great patriots. I know on the ground in Georgia, they got that truck put into a warehouse for safekeeping because the owner said, y'all can go through it. And so documents started being pulled out of it. And in this was all kinds of additional re voter registration stuff, ballots, all kinds of stuff. But all of them were in boxes, ironically, of Chinese origin. So we called in uh, one of the uh, portmasters there that deals with uh, Chinese trafficked goods. He came in. And he confirmed it was authentic. So I turned around and I made a report and we rented up the chain to President Trump and we're going to do a debrief. 
Now, on that debrief, right at the last minute, we were told, okay, but Department of Homeland Security wants to listen to the call. And, and I remember saying, well, where did that come from? And they said, it's a request directly made by Mark Meadows. And so the debrief was done. Here's what we've got. They're ballots. I took the ballots. Uh, had already been dealing with forensic teams all morning, getting things cross-tested and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's truly a smoking gun. And the call was finished. Eight hours later, right, we get calls from SSAs, which are supervisory special agents for the FBI, telling us to stand down. They came in with all kinds of government vehicles, went to the site, seized the vehicle and everything in it, and escorted it and blocking where we couldn't follow with threats you can't follow, took that, all of those shredded ballots and stuff, escorted it to an incineration plant and supervised the complete destruction of all those materials. Holy moly. Wow. Wow. Now, you know what's crazy, though, is that there's people in Arizona who was concerned about a fire at a farm. And, uh, you know, they're claiming that there were some bad things that happened with ballots. I can't say 100% for sure. But one woman who had a brother in Buckeye Fire Department came to us telling us that my brother is scared and worried for his life and this, that, and the other. And she kind of let the story out. And then she kind of got a little frustrated and worried because he came back and said, listen, you could get me messed up and hurt. I don't want to talk about this. And, you know. Well, we found, we found, because we had to investigate that too. Because remember, let me put a few of these things together for you because it'll make more sense. We're trying to get the ballots out of Arizona. They're stored in a warehouse. Okay. A few interesting things happened. Now, all of the ballots are supposed to be gathered under supervision. You got to have law enforcement there. Both sides have to be there. So this is the first time we're taking possession of the ballots, right? And they kept on fighting that with legal maneuvers. One day we get a phone call that says, okay, come pick them up. They're sitting outside in a tractor trailer rig. And we're like, what? So they moved all the ballots from the facility, which is the only way you could verify they were there. They moved them into a tractor trailer rig and said, okay, come pick them up. Simultaneous with that move, there is this supposed chicken fire where people are saying that the chicken bedding was shredded ballots. That chicken facility, which which uh, incinerated 10 million chickens, is owned by one of Clint the Hick board Clint Hickman. Hickman yeah. X, Clint Hickman. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is owned by one of the county supervisors. And as we're digging into it, we got the word back between firemen and policemen. Nobody was going to talk because every one of them were threatened with their pension. They'd lose their pension if they talked about it. Now, Jovan, this is heavyweight stuff. And let me tell you why. So even if the police and the uh, government federal officers don't work, and I told you for a long time and I told people um, 
never have we been able to have a conversation like this. This is almost like a town hall. It's crazy. Uh, and there's tons of witnesses which can get this around the nation and it's growing. But one thing that the government and federal agents are, the FBI doesn't even have a charter. So they don't have the power to just go taking evidence and burning it and such like that. But here's what the truth is. Under maladministration, if you look at Virginia Constitution, Bill of Rights, Section 3, you'll see that it says whenever the people believe that the government is no longer making us happy, they're inadequate or they're not keeping up our prosperity, security and protecting our property, that we have the right to alter, reform and abolish just for that. So when they do these different acts, right? where they think, oh, well, we're going to just take this evidence and we're going to just drive it away and set it on fire. Yeah, that's fine if you think that we have to go to court to correct the issue. Because now we're dealing, just like in Connecticut, uh, I think it was Connecticut and there's a couple of other places where they've now reversed elections because the election handlers were messed up. Not because people put in a few bad ballots and you got to count up the number to see if it's enough to change the election. When the government actors themselves are not carrying out the elections properly, it's a problem. So here's one thing about that issue with Arizona. When they drop the ballots outside, how was it even possible they could drop the ballots outside when the ballots were supposed to be in the custody of the treasurer? Right. See, all the, all, every, every single, every single racket and law was broken and, and, you know, I even worked with Doug to do a documentation process. I said, Doug, this is a setup. They want us to just go pick up these ballots in a semi. And I said, you must reject that. I said, because I guarantee you those boxes are going to be in disarray. And then they're going to blame it on us because there was no supervision. These pallets have to go back in their warehouse. Then it has to be loaded, supervised, and then you have to snap pictures of every pallet and every box of ballots because I need to know the state, whether they were sealed or not. And you've got to cover your ass and I got to have that on footage because they're going to try to say we opened them illegally. So luckily, Doug followed that footage and there's tons of stuff like that. Well, see, Jovan, this is amazing because the very fact that you know, you have evidence that proves the ballots were done unlawfully. That's one thing. But the fact that all of these happenstances happen in all these different states, the Fed burning stuff, people leaving ballots out, all these wrong things actually grants the people uh, reason to exercise the authority that government already swear we had to redo everything. Because if you remember in the Connecticut case, the judge said, listen, we can't verify that this is legitimate because that the workers didn't do it right. So now you've spoiled the whole election because you didn't follow the law of the election. Well, the good part about that is, as you know, in Louisiana, the same issue of maladministration and noncompliance went all the way to the Louisiana Supreme Court. And the Louisiana Supreme Court ruled because of all these noncompliance issues and maladministration, there is no way that the election can possibly be certified 
and they have now ordered Louisiana to completely redo the election. And that's why I was always saying, stop saying fraud, say maladministration, which you're the king of, saying how to do it. And we got to change MAGA, make American great again, to LAVA, just let America vote again. Because there wasn't a path to decertification, but we do have a 100% path to just having it redone. And that's on the books, ratified by the Supreme Court. But part of this disruption, just like the machines, the machines, the machines, those who are inserted votes, I've come out against that and said, that's a con, that's a craft. They're putting you in the wrong area. We need to see the paper. Well, one of the other things were people promoting decertified, decertified, decertified. There's not a precedent. There is other, and if you look at how the Democrats fought us on their challenges, all of their challenges where they were challenging things was all on maladministration. We all got set up in all of these lawsuits. You know, look at the machines or burn them into, turn them into prison. It's all mass deception talking about the wrong things, which completely invalidated all of the court cases on stuff that the system knew wasn't possible, but it let conservatives walk down that walk to begin with. Well, you know what? I believe that. See, here's the good thing about the maxims of law and the foundational principles of law. The maxims say that the Commonwealth or the state, right, is not barred by time. So literally, when the people wake up and recognize that somebody didn't follow the appropriate law, the law says that if you don't have jurisdiction to do an act, no lapse of time gets rid of your duty to have had everything be valid. So just because they think that they could break the law and do all these things, we still have uh, all the people who demanded that the government service investigate, which is the right of the people, the right to know what happens with our business because every government actor is just a servant. So we can literally turn the course. And let me just ask this really quickly because this is important, Jovan, because as I said before, I told a lot of people this. I believe that the evidence that you have, and I didn't know you had this much. You never told me about the Georgia stuff. You never told me about some of this other stuff. It's oh, I can hear. Wait, hang on. I'll give you one more nugget, and then I won't drop any more nuggets. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the things we found during our Georgia investigation, we found a order placed out of Georgia for over a million voter registration packets. Right. There's a certain packet you do. So a print order for over a million. Those million were never circulated in the system. Hillary Clinton's group ran a website in Georgia right after the 2020 election and Trump, because they're saying Russia, Russia, Russia. Hillary Clinton group posted a website and said, we need to confirm you're registered to vote or we'll get you registered to vote. And what they asked the people to do was to go to this site, fill in your information, provide your social security, send us a copy of your driver's license. We'll tell you what your status is. All kinds of people flooded that with information. Nobody ever got a reply. All of that was a data harvesting project and they were matching it with changing uh, reservations addresses and they would submit look they sent us uh, the driver's license here it's legit you actually gave them the authority when you said they could check you gave them the authority to handle your registration it was a whole covert operation wow now see Jovan (laughs) 
that is an attack on America. Now, th this is why this is so important. Because there's no statute of limitation on fraud and the better one, jurisdiction, if they didn't have the jurisdiction to do what they did, meaning that you didn't follow form of law in order to do an election, it invalidates the whole thing all the way back to 2020. So when, when bad actors in government tell you, don't listen to Jovan, I've told you guys, he has evidence that just the small stuff I knew, he has evidence that can fix even 2020. It can prepare us for 2024. It can remove bad government actors. It can get rid of every indictment against Trump. Y'all heard me say that. What you're hearing right now, guys, is more than enough to activate your power that the federal government already swore to, that the people have the right to invalidate every single act, to change actors in government, to re-vote, to remove actors and change constitutions if you want to. So if you want to put in a constitution, hey, we can no longer have government officials covering uh, the entire system and that the people have to be involved and we have to be able to see exactly what's happening with the ballots, et cetera, we can literally do it. If we wanted to say um, no government official who took part in uh, hiding any of the information can take part in any other uh, election and that there could be no machines, but just paper, et cetera, as we chose to uh, by knowledge and wisdom that will come from somebody like Jovan, we could literally do it without the government's help. And I'm going to tell you guys, the same way that we use the maladministration done by government to make the Supreme Court go after the ATF, and you guys see the ATF getting their doors blown off right now, the same way we went after OSHA, the same way we made them go after the administrative state, you're seeing the cases that I told you guys were going to come out coming out right now, and the Supreme Court is heavy on their head. Now, we have more than enough evidence with Jovan himself between the several states for the people to come together, assemble, and remove all the bad actors, start over fresh with, with, with we the people in charge, because that's how our forefathers did it the first time. Super huge, guys. We don't have to go to court and beg we can literally do notice to the Supreme Court and say, hey, we understand that we have all political power. We understand that government officials have a duty to carry out elections the way that we say. We can show them John Locke in a notice and we can put we can stop everything we're doing, put them on notice and point them to the work that Jovan has done and the work that we have done at the several states. With the hundreds of thousands of notices we've done. And we can put them on notice that we wish to change the constitutions or the way that things are happening, right? Hey guys, just for good, good, good uh, disclosure, Joe Oatman just said at the top that he's recording the space, which is amazing and great. But notice he didn't come in here, guys, and show any points that would, would show that he did anything with the audit. He's afraid to come. Now, Jovan has come and given us specifics, guys, and I can testify to some of the specifics because I was on the other side of the audit. And to hear him say some of these things, I'm blown away because, for one, I didn't know he know. He never revealed it to me. But now, guys, you see he's speaking in great detail about how things worked in the audit. 
He was actually there. Karen Fan herself told me about uh, Jovan's work being used. Jovan is telling us that he was in meetings. He's telling us the names of the other people. Guys, we shouldn't play the game of allowing people who are newscasters or people who are fakes, people who don't have any experience with the audit, tell you what happened with Arizona Audit. On top of that, I would, Joe, I, yeah, let me just add a few things, mm -hmm. uh, especially since Joe may be lurking. Um, it's a, I, I always, whether I have a troll on my broadcast or otherwise, look, you have a problem with me, come on, we'll, we'll talk it through. And we're at the point in America where you can't just listen to accusations. You got to have facts. And when, you, and when you look at the facts, you find out that people are twisting them or turning them or whatever. Now, everybody that is part of my great family and friends, because I don't call people followers, we're all in this together. We're all family in this together, fighting for a great republic. I, for well over a year plus, I have uh, had invitations out to Clements and to Dr. Frank and to Joe, now, a long time ago, I was going to talk about Clements' claims about me, and we agreed that Clements would come on my program and we'd have a discussion about his claims. It got twisted into somehow Joe Oltman's involved, and it's going to be Oltman's, Clements, and Shiva. And I said, guys, that was never the deal, and I'll deal with these one at a time and focused. So that all went to hell in a handbasket. Joe did... Uh, come on my program and we did a recording, but he literally, um, it was so bullying and so berating, which you can watch, go to my rumble, Jovan Hutton Pulitzer.com forward slash rumble. I have a show that says we keep on losing, you know, and, and, you, and you'll, you'll kind of see it. You, you, you can see it is Joe, you, what's kinematic, what's kinematic. Oh, don't look up the definition. Look at, you know, just the berating bully out of control, like a person who needs to be medicated, but it's not, there is no such thing as kinematic. You didn't do an audit. It was, and it's just, it's really weird. This happens. Now I can tell Joe has taken all of this personally because I have called into question how a guy that's supposedly a tech CEO that supposedly has a company with over 240 employees says on one video on his show, he has nothing. Everything's been taken away from him. But then in trying to challenge me, I'm a tech CEO. I got 240 employees. I have all of this. It's, it's just incongruent. And then to have the claim that he is second in data processing only to Google. Well, I live in that world and nobody knows who this Joel Oltman is or whatever is. And so I, I push back on those things. I have nothing to hide, but it can be civil and you can just talk and you don't berate people and use tactics and continually change the subject. So I have this open invitation for all of them individually. I can even say, I don't, you know, I'll tell you, I don't like Shiva. I think Shiva, number one, he, ha he has no reason to berate or mock me, but he did. Number two is, yeah, he even got some signatures uh, where he can claim he did some work for the Arizona audit. But in reality, he didn't do work for the Arizona audit. The GOP and Randy Pullen 
brought him in independently to look at some signatures. And as soon as he looked at the signatures, yeah, you can see discrepancies, but I find it very interesting. The main thing he said, was, but it didn't change the outcome of the election. It's basically the same, which we know is not right. He's a very smart fellow. Very smart. And I acknowledge he did great work. I think if somebody does good work, you cannot like him and acknowledge he has great work. I have a problem with he didn't really tell the full story, but the only appearance he did after that was to come out and mock me and mock my work. And it's not this people who don't even really know what I was doing. And so for me, I see a pattern, but none of them will come back on in their individual capacity. Let's just talk it through. Now, you can tell this because you, 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 have, you look at people, those people who are the most insecure, who uh, are really just trying to operationalize, which I believe Joe fits in that. He's a bully. He does that tactic. But he's got to have his sidekicks, his powwow. It's a pileup, right? Which you now see that Clements is his co-host a lot of the time, and it's become them. But I want the audience to know, and if you watch my program, I invite people on. You can say it. As soon as I see it in chat, I say, come on, prove your case. Because, look, we don't have to have consensus. You don't even have to like me. I tell my audience this. You don't have to like me. Just trust me based on my work that if I prove it's proof, take it as proof. But you don't have to like me. But I find this recurring pattern that none of them will stand up and debate this issue and tell, tell, prove to you that my work's not real or whatever. But at the second part, I even recently reached out and I said to Dr. Frank, look, I'm offering an, uh, an olive branch here. And how it came about was he, somebody was calling him out for getting audits stopped in major states. And he said, I never did that. But then that somebody posted a video and in the video, he's saying, well, we got the states to focus on canvassing and he named the states. And so I reached out because in that video, I heard that supposedly he did 35 states and they did 500 uh, canvases with great results. I said, come on on. I'm offering all our brand. Let us know about your successes. Well, there are, there's no successes. Nobody will talk about them. Even people that supposedly worked in those canvases said nothing came of it. So I have a hard time trying to understand because we have to figure out how to unite. And if people are really in this, and they're really in it to expose that all of our work complements each other, we should be united in a front not divided in a front, but so much time is spent trying to say that the Arizona audit wasn't real. And now you find out that those people have set up brand new auditing companies and going into 2024, they're now going to be quote unquote election auditors. I just find that very uh, dishonest and not direct. And all of us should be able to talk man to man. Here it is. Let the person speak and whatever and do it. But you don't change the subject. Well, you well, you change your name. Well, uh, you're a failed treasure hunter. Stuff that the left puts out, which is ridiculous. Yeah, if you want to, the TV tried to, did a thing to get an audience because I'm well known in the exploration community saying I searched for the Ark of the Covenant, which I never did. But even a person could understand the reason I traveled the world to doing exploration to all these foreign countries and stuff because hey, I was Javon, retired. Javon, could you hold yeah. on? Could you hold on real quick because Oatman is watching, and his comments keep coming up in the top. I'm gonna let you go. But hey, hey, uh, real Joe Oatman, if you believe that you're you're honest and you're telling the truth and you have the facts, 
no matter what's happened in the past, my friend, please come on and speak nicely and go back and forth one-on-one. We want to give you the opportunity to show that what Jovan's saying is not true. You could give evidence of you being involved in the audit or your contracts with the audit, whatever you want to. But please, my friend, let's be honest. When we have hundreds of people here watching, they're going to go tell their family and friends so we can fix this. Can you please be fair rather than sitting outside and making comments as you're listening and as you admit it, you recording. Why not join the American people and let's understand what really is happening? Let's understand who's really doing what. We can all be nice to each other and, and, and continue through this. It will help America. We're just trying to win America back, my friend. So please come in. We welcome you in. We won't be mean or rough. It's not a hostile place. Let's just talk. Let's just talk and understand what's happening. If you care enough about the people, real Joe Oatman. Because, you know, thus far, uh, Jovan has been in here talking for a long time. Jovan is telling us information we never heard. And I think that is fair for the American people to know what's going on. And if Jovan is really a fraudster, as you're trying to say, why won't you care enough about the people, dear sir, to come in here and just speak like a man? We will give you your turn. We'll make sure Jovan don't cut you off. We'll make sure you don't cut Jovan off. But if you can't carry this out in all honesty, sir, with actual facts, uh, in the time that we have to do it in front of the American people, these are not bots. People are giving likes and thumbs up. Uh, they're asking questions. This, These are the real people of America, sir, that their children will have to suffer if they don't get this right. So please, for the sake of God, come on in. If you're a preacher or you somebody who keeps talking about God, we're offering you peace and open door to have a discussion. Bring it before the church, sir. Bring it before the righteous people. And let us be the judge of righteous matters. It's that simple. We love you. We, we're not trying to attack you. Let's drop everything and just come in and talk. I give you a welcome, Joe. If you want to give some truth, please come in, my friend, and we will make sure that things are in order. All right. Sorry, Javon. Please continue. I just had to open up that door. I think I've talked about this quite a bit. I, I, I've talked about it uh, with... President Trump, as a matter of fact, I've talked about it within top people in election integrity that, look, we all do different things. We all do different things different ways. The election uh, audit is is not a business to get in. I can certainly tell you that. Uh, that wasn't what I was trying to do. I was trying to develop technology that would prove the physical part of the evidence because we can't we can't uh, have election integrity, which is an oxymoron. You can't have integrity if you keep on doing the same things that have been done for 30, 40 years, but you expect a different result. That's just insanity. I have always said everybody that is in this fight that is actually working in election integrity. Now there's a, there's a point there. There's commenters on election integrity. There's workers in election integrity. And so I've kind of split the baby with the bathwater. I've said everybody who's truly working on remedies and solutions, not people that regurgitate, not people that say this happened, this happened, and just keep on saying the same stuff. We all need to get together in a room. And the very first thing we need to agree on is the lexicon of this movement. And that means the words that are used, what do they mean? 
And we need to come up with the collective vocabulary that explains what we're doing. This is how the left beats us. They're all on the same page. Now, when we get it all worked out on the same page of this is what this word means, and this is how we'll define it, this is how we'll measure it. It's not just the definition, it's how we we measure it to know that's being done. After we've worked out the lexicon of this quote-unquote election integrity stuff, then everybody will present their findings. Of what they do, everybody, whether it's state, national, whatever, everybody those findings, presents those findings. And then in that room, after all the findings are presented, all of that basically gets presented down, okay, into here's what we know, here's how we prove this. Okay, and then that becomes the common stepping stone for all of us to get it done. Now, I've pushed for this for a long time. This is the first time I've talked about it in a public forum. And here's what I mean. I've been very careful within, quote unquote, the movement to say, okay, here's how you do it. Because invariably, watch it. From the day I say it, I just told you how to do it. From the day I say it, 24 to 72 hours, somebody will come out with, hey, here's how we do it. Here's the formula. Let's consolidate it. I came up with it. And then they will intentionally leave my work out trying to own the definitions and work. So it's always a risk. But I think if we came together, we could win. And here's why. On the left, they don't care. Eight to 80, crippled, blind, and crazy. And if you can't fucking walk, they'll carry you. You can be 900-pound, pink-haired mohawk with one arm, one leg that diddles kids. They don't attack each other. They work for the end game because the end game is what they're working on. Now, on the right, it's just it's just this weird uh, one-upsmanship. Uh, i got to beat that person down. Attacking, possibly and it's for two reasons. It's because the right is very insecure. People, That's people, number one, well, and it's a competition instead of unity because we don't have unity on the right. Uh, and then there's so, all these damn disruptors that can African-American actually experience. look at hard proof and say, show me, show me, never seen it, show me. And that's a tactic. And that's where I believe people are inserted to do certain things and are really just don't know what's going on or they're intentionally trying to throw lawsuits and stuff and it's very easy to call somebody a fed boy or deep state it's all just seeding crap facts matter present your proof let the people decide frankly i've told people and i and i'll say it here i don't and i'm going to use a cuss word so cover your ears i don't give a fuck if you like me we're not friends You don't have my private cell phone. We're not friends. So I don't care about it. But what I care about is my country. And what I care about is our great republic surviving. Because what they're doing is they're killing America so they can take over the world. To turn us into something like, you know, Holodor or whatever it's called, or Morador from Lord of the Rings. We're the only thing that stands in the way. But I can tell you every single time. Right. Every single time the people get involved, will win. And I'll use this as my last comment because I need to go. But here it is in Arizona. Dave, you and Josh, great work. Y'all got the audit, and made it happen. And the lawmakers in Arizona. Right. 
uh, it's going to get done. But the lawmakers in Arizona were playing games. And so when it came time to do the audit and everything was agreed and it was going to be Cyber Ninjas and Doug and me, and then it's going to be Wake as the provider and whatever, basically the Arizona lawmakers at the last minute said, well, we're only going to look at a portion of the ballots. And if you've seen any of my work, which I detail out, I show you how to reproduce it because all of my work's reproducible. I show you how you can't look at a fraction and find the whole. There's just no way to do it. And so I challenged the lawmaker, Sonny Borelli and all these guys. And I said, you told the people of Arizona that you were going to look at every single ballot. And just so you know, if you don't look at every single ballot, I'm not signing my agreement and I'm not doing my work because you said all, and I'm not going to do a fraction when hey, Javon, I know. Javon, hold yeah. on real quick for me. Hold that thought. I'm going to let you finish it. Now we got real Joe Oatman on here. Joe Oatman, I'm going to let you know before you start because the people are watching and I don't want you to look bad. I don't want Jovan to look bad. I want you guys to get the truth out. So what I'm going to ask Joe, before you come on, please if you love God, as you say, don't start cursing people out and calling people fraud, fed boy, or making threats. Please, let's have you talk and you give information about what you've done with the audit or how you are in the midst of the audit to be able to have firsthand knowledge. If Jovan wasn't in an audit, audit, because our deal here is to find out if Jovan really took part in the audit. So before you make claims, I need to know of your position in the audit, what you did. Or so, if you have firsthand knowledge. So let me close up this statement real quick because I don't want to mix metaphors. And so the Arizona lawmakers said they were going to do fraction. I said, no, I'm not going to sign my agreement. It's very well known. All the people there. The lawmakers said, well, screw you. You can't tell us what to do. So I turned around and I informed you, the public, that the lawmakers have said they're not going to do a full forensic audit, and they're not going to look at every ballot. You, the public, got involved, and you got over 60,000 phone calls to the state of Arizona. You shut down their entire state switchboard. It was so big. And you sent emails, and they were forced to make sure it was exactly what was agreed to, which was to look at every ballot. Now, since then, I have been on their shit list. But again, just so you know, I don't work for the Senate. I look at this as I work for the American people. Ever since this stuff started, it's always been a nightmare. Uh, I yield. Let's uh, let Joe come on and let's uh, hear some facts and truth that can be documented. All right. So let me let me moderate. Listen, there will be no name calling, cursing at each other, fighting all that stuff. Right. What we're going to do is, if you are going to present an idea, I want you to give me background information where you have firsthand knowledge. I don't want secondhand knowledge or anything like that. I don't want to hear about some arg argument in New Hampshire. I don't want to hear about some uh, situation with some documentary because there is no court that's holding that I know of. Uh, the actual contract to know what's happening so it's not our businesses in the private. Until they start dealing with that, we can't know about what's happening. So I'm here to find out, is Jovan's evidence fake or real? And was he part of the work of the Arizona audit? I would like for Joe to come up first peacefully without any cursing and acting crazy. Just tell us, 
if you have firsthand knowledge, and then I want you to tell us what you did in the audit to have firsthand knowledge, and then please explain to us how Jovan is not telling the truth about his work um, from that basis. If you don't have evidence that way, I would at least like you to come out and tell us first. Uh, Jovan, on your side, I want you to make sure that you give him a chance to speak. And anything you say that you've done, Jovan, I want you to give evidence uh, that you've done it. I want you to be able to speak in specifics. I don't want you to uh, compare his record with audits, if he doesn't have one, to anything. I need to know the facts. All right, so we're going to open up the floor for Joe. Joe, please come peacefully, and we will give you the floor if you start to be irate or you go off of what we're asking, the point about the audit. I've seen where you called him a fraud. I just will stop you. So respectfully, if you want to take the mic and go, just please do those things. The door is open for you. I'm giving you the mic now. I will take a picture showing that you can speak. Go ahead, sir. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right. So first of all, I want to I want to address some things that Javon has said that just aren't they're factually inaccurate. Um, number one, he's. Wait, wait, dear sir, please, please no, recognize because I don't want there to be a fight. Hold on, hold, dear on, sir. hold on, dear sir. You don't, I, you don't I'm asking you, you about let the him, evidence. Literally just I'm let him asking speak you lie about me. Oh, I'm going to let you speak, you but I need firsthand knowledge. First sir, hand no, 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 no. Here's your I'm first talking about the evidence No, here. you don't get to. No, listen. Dave, if you want to hear the truth about Jovan, then you get to hear all of it. You wait, don't wait, wait, sir. To we're speaking on topics, sir. And sit here sir. and tell me. We're speaking on topics. Okay, okay so if you're going to give right, me... I'm going to give you my background. I'm going to give you my background. I'm going to give you my background. Hold on, And we can put that Hold against... On, the... sir. Hold on. I'll give you access to talk about Jovan about Trump, but I need you to give me firsthand knowledge that you know about his dealings with Trump and how you know. So I'll give you the floor. Go ahead. You don't want to talk about the truth. You want to control the narrative. You want to have no. I want you to tell us about Trump. Right, tell us about you, Trump. You sir. said you want to interrupt me. You said you let me speak. Go ahead. All right. Go so ahead. if you're going to let him actually have the floor for an hour where he bashes and lies, then you have to be willing to to go through the things that he said. Okay. He sir, said, he gave no, no, evidence. He so you just mentioned. Me you you're just mentioned. Me speak. You just you're mentioned Trump. You're not letting though. me speak. You're not letting me okay, speak. Okay, guys. We go. Okay, guys. We're going to have we're going to have a problem if we can't have decorum. I haven't I just, been able you, to you, speak you, about okay. anything because you won't. You just bought up Trump and called him a liar. You made an accusation. So first give firsthand. He is lying. First give, give firsthand testimony, sir, so we can know if you know this <laughs> okay. and you're there or something else. So Please let, go ahead. So I'm let, sorry. Go then, ahead, sir. Then you get to stop talking and you're going to let me talk. We're gonna talk I just said go ahead. I'm done. That I know I'm, I'm quiet. Here, let he, me mute. Go all ahead. Right. All right. He says that he's actually in this world of data. He's not. Number one. Wait, sir, oh, you on, just oh left the Trump idea. We're trying David, to you gonna have, the idea out. He said that I'm not a large data aggregator. That's Oh, one. gosh. Guys, he Listen, didn't prove the fact. Why don't you literally just he let me finish He did not prove the fact. No, you don't you get can to actually, just spurt stuff. I'll say it. You, you can disagree with me. Prove. David, you okay. can disagree with me after I... Okay, guys, this ain't a thing about disagreeing. I don't give a freak about a disagreement. Hey, I da hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. It's Jovan. Uh-huh. Hold on. Number one. The, the topic of this, the whole thing is, does Jovan have evidence? Is Jovan real? Is Jovan evidence real? That's right. I would, I, I, would, I would just remind everybody, I came in to talk about my evidence. As we've all been sitting here, as I've been asked questions, Joe has been posting online, calling me liar, liar, liar. I'm not going to come on. He's a fake. He's a fraud. Well, now he's decided to come on. So Dave didn't give me this hour just to pontificate. So you can't 
necessarily go backwards and say, well, you gave them an hour, you got to give me an hour, because that's just not accurately what happened. And so I'm not looking at the comments, I can't see them. So if we're going to talk about audit and technology and whether I did the audit or whether it works, we should. If he's now saying something Trump-wise, which I don't know what you're talking about, David, I can't see it, we should do that. He's literally saying, you didn't talk to Trump after you said you spoke to Trump. And this is the problem that I'm having with Joe. If Joe wants to say you didn't speak to to Trump, that's fine. I'll give him this one and then we can jump into the evidence and what he did with the audit. I'll give him one, right? But he has to show that he has firsthand knowledge of what you did with Trump. Was he with you all the time to know you didn't speak to Trump? Was he there in meetings that Trump said he didn't talk? And can he show those meetings and the evidence? You can't just come into a real discussion and say, everybody's lying. Nothing ever happened in anybody else's personal life. Listen, I don't live in either one of your houses. So I can't tell what happens in Jovan's house and I can't tell what happened in real Joe's house. All I can speak about and in law, in courts, is firsthand knowledge testimony. Joe, as much as I appreciate you coming, you can't just blurt out 50 million things that you say didn't happen with no evidence. You can't prove a negative, sir. So I need you to be affirmative. Give me the positive. Tell me what happened. Tell me that you talked to Trump and you got evidence and he said this. Tell me that you were part of the audit. You have firsthand knowledge. Now, in law, Joe, I'm trying to be give you a righteous chance, brother. In law, you cannot prove a negative. So when you say Joe didn't, uh, Jovan didn't do this, you would have to be with him 24 hours a day, every day. Now, unless you tell me you're riding around with Jovan, we can't have you just come take the platform to throw out 30 accusations in a row with no evidence and just say that's evidence. In law, that's not evidence. If you want to do a space, sir, you can do a space, but I'm trying to give you a chance to be righteous and use what the law says must be used in order to make a point. Jovan, I asked him hard questions and said, Jovan, I need you to give me specific answers. And he did. And the people saw it. Now I'm asking you to give firsthand testimony evidence and you're just jumping to five different things, sir. That's not how the real world works with law or with making a point. The Bible itself, which you say you agree with. The Bible says, how can we walk together? Lest we be agreed. The uh, Two walk together, lest they be agreed. The Bible tells us one or two witnesses are necessary. So if you're going to give a witness to something first, you should be saying that it's the truth and you know from a point of view of firsthand knowledge. You shouldn't bear false witness. Sir, please don't leave. Come back. Come back, Joe. I know you're recording at the same time. Patriot, your other partner is here. Can y'all let Joe know to come back? All I'm doing is making rules by which you state a claim. In claims in law and in the world, we must have evidence of what we say. And the Bible tells us not to be busybodies in other man's affairs. So if you're going to come and just throw out stuff of a busybody, dear sir, that's not doing the righteous thing. And we don't have the time in America to just spurt out stuff without you swearing that you believe what you're saying is true. Like that's fair stuff. Like if I ask Jovan of something, I make him tell me where he has knowledge of what he's saying. And I don't Dave, think it's fair the other way. 
And Dave, if I could just interject just for a second for anyone who's just coming into the space, I do want it to be known that um, I invited um, Joel, um, Joe onto the platform from the very beginning of the space, um, get trying to give him an opportunity to speak his piece even before Jovan showed up. So I don't want the impression to be that um, Jovan just had an opportunity to just spew out whatever he wanted to. Um, that's not the case. He was asked very specific questions and he addressed them all. And, um, in the time that I, the time that I did ask, uh, Joe to come onto the platform at that time, he blocked me. And, um, all I did was request that he come and have an opportunity to address any kind of grievances or, you know, misunderstandings possibly to, uh, what's been told. So, um, He's gone now, it appears. So, you know, in, in one of the posts that he posted, he specifically said something about this is a space of chaos. And I have to just personally say that this has been a well-old run rig. Uh, there has been no arguing. There's been no yelling. No one's talking over each other. Um, but when Joe came in, the the temperature got hotter. Uh, th there was an element of chaos because we couldn't even hear what was being said because he didn't even want to acknowledge the decorum of how we were trying to run the space because we are not here to be uh, fighting. We are not here to be right or wrong. We're here to fix America. I just heard something for the first time in my life. Jovan just explained to everyone here that there was possibly a truck with shredded ballots in Georgia. Okay, so we need to be getting on the same page. Our media has not told us any of this information. We have not been privy to any of these things. So um, this is very serious. This is a very delicate situation. And if we are really trying to save America, we should be able to be adults and have a conversation. So um, that's just for anyone who's just coming into the space, okay? Okay, I want to say also, once again, Joe, we will give you another chance to speak about anything you have firsthand knowledge about. I do not think it's fair, Joe, for you to just blurt out a whole bunch of accusations without showing proof that you know what you're saying, sir. There's a lot of things that we could all say that we believe might be true. We heard from somebody else, sir. That's not how you deal with evidence. When you come to a space dealing with evidence. And if something is real or fake, Joe, we need you to show us that you have been involved with something where you have firsthand knowledge. It ain't, it's not about Jovan, right? It is about, is it fair to the American people to let them continue to hear things that nobody says uh, is true or will swear to just blurt out things? When it comes to the people's business, we should respect the people enough to come out and show what we have done, what we have seen, and give them the testimony. And Joe, I've made a lot of claims about a lot of people doing a lot of things. I brought pictures from their own phone records, dear sir. I have not said anything and made a claim as something true without showing at the same time the document that it came from. So I believe if we're going to take time to fix America, we got to stop dealing in hypotheticals. We got to stop dealing in untruths. We got to stop dealing in 
just saying things about each other with no proof that doesn't work in saving America. So Joe, I'm going to open the mic for you again. And I'm going to beg you, dear sir, to please humbly, please come before us. You could talk. Uh, see, the, the the topic of this space is, is Jovan's evidence real? I want to know if Jovan did the Arizona audit, which you say he did not, and how you have firsthand knowledge that that is not true, what Jovan is telling us and what Karen Fan told me. I want you to deal with that. I will give you one extra pass, sir, to go outside of decorum if you will stick on it. I need you to show me how you know Jovan didn't speak to Trump and he never has. Because that's a claim made that popped up on the screen. And if you make that claim, dear sir, if you don't tell me you've been with him 24-7 or, or you're the secretary for Trump and you're actually bringing in all the interviews and you have every single one of them and they're recorded or something, I can't take your word for it, dear sir. No matter if I want to believe you or not, I can't take your word. So please, Joe Oatman, come back in. Let's not change five, six subjects. Let's start off and see, it's bad that I even have to do this when I'm talking to you, but I've noticed that you can you jump from subject to subject and make claims, but you never prove one. So what I need you to do, dear sir, is I need you to come back nicely. I need you to speak about Jovan not talking to the president. Tell us how you have firsthand knowledge of that. And then we can move forward into Jovan's evidence being fake that he didn't really do the audit. Mr. Joe, please come in and... Uh, let us settle this. This would be good if we could get this knocked out once and for all and all of us can move forward towards saving this nation. A lot of people come and they say, David and, you know, Clements and Joe, don't argue. Um, we all on the same side. Well, the truth is, if we're all on the same side, the Bible would tell us to come talk, to prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. If you gonna bring forth that something is true or not true, prove it. Right. Bring evidence and firsthand knowledge. If you don't know, it's OK to say you don't know. But it's not OK to just make claims and say this is a lie. This never happened and just never give evidence and then jump through 20 different subjects. So I don't mean, Joe, to do that to you, but I have to if we're ever going to get anywhere, because no court in America will ever allow you to just come in and throw out blanket claims. And just say things without ever giving one shred of evidence. That's not how the law works. That's not even how the real world works. Even your parents at a young age, Joe, they're going to ask you a question if you did something or you didn't do something. Did you clean up your room? Right. And they're going to have you show evidence. Here, take me to your room and show me where you cleaned up. Right. You don't just get to say it and say, now, you know, I, you're a liar, parent. No, they're going to make you show. So, sir, when you come before us, can you please be respectful? I know you're recording the show. I'm thankful that you are. Please share it out to a lot of people so they can hear the truth. But um, please come in, Joe. Uh, we give you the floor. If you can stay inside of the confines of doing that which should be done. In the Bible, it tells us when we bring the truth, we should establish every word. So you're trying to establish facts, sir. You can't just say something and not prove how you have knowledge of it. Or, or that you were there or that or you have firsthand knowledge and then call that a fact. That's that's not how real life works. So with that being said, guys, um, you guys are hearing uh, from Jovan Hutton Pulitzer, at least. Um, well, uh, Jacqueline, I want to offer the subject of Trump because he keeps saying it. And I, I and I want to use this as an example, because I do believe that Joe has a problem where he continuously makes claims 
and he never provides one bit of evidence for the claims. And I think that the American people need to recognize this behavior because this is the very things that have caused us to get in trouble uh, based on siding with people who make claims. Um, I, I just saw a case yesterday, I believe it was Chanel Ryan, uh, who got in trouble with OAN and OAN, I believe, got sued um, following some of the same claims that Joe has made. And when I go look at Joe's case, I see that the judge says that Joe didn't provide any evidence for his claims. He just said things. And he he showed us a call that he did out in the public. And many of us believe that he had no reason to lie. But then when the gentleman went to court, he said he didn't have a recording and he didn't turn one in. He just had a piece of paper. I don't believe that is a fair practice for the American people because some of the people have lost their jobs and many people are indicted who followed Joe's reasoning and his beliefs. So it's not fair for him to continue to do that because people are now losing their livelihood over his claims that he, in court, says he didn't say or he didn't have uh, evidence. But he showed us evidence and we've seen the videos, but for some reason it no longer exists. That's either, in law they would say either he lied about the claims or he lied to the people about the claims which would cause the people to parrot fake claims and then the deep state could use that against us and say nope we got records in court that say that joe never had that and you guys are just liars and you're deranged that's what happens when you won't give evidence or information of what's happening he also didn't give evidence of the name of the antifa person who had his personal phone number how did an Antifa person get Joe's phone number? We need him to tell us these things. Now, I know this ain't the space for it, but how did Antifa call you on your personal phone number? Antifa don't have my phone number. I don't know anybody else who Antifa just got their number. How did they get your number and how did they trust you to know about them committing a fraud so big that it could change the, the fabric of America? So by the way the judge explains it, sir, he says you never really had evidence of this and it was made up claims, which is treason, because you've led the nation to believe that something happened that would cause the nation to react in a wrong way. And now people are being punished by America because of your words. People are being sued because of your words. So I think it's only fair, sir, if you show us your claims, Show us where you got the evidence from. Show us. You showed the phone call on video, sir. Did you hide the evidence from the court or did you lie to us? Which one is it? And, and Dave, I also want to mention that Jovan did say that he had to go and he's staying here. So, Joe, if you're here, please um, grab a mic because I'm not sure how much time Jovan has, but he's clearly um, put aside whatever he did have to do to stay here and address any of the issues that you have or the lies that you're saying that he's saying. So he's, he's, he's here. So yeah, I, uh, I've, I've, I've changed my schedule sitting here. Uh, this is an important topic. We all must talk about, um, if resolve can be found, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it would, it would be great. I'm, I'm surprised to hear Joe's comment. Of course, I, I haven't seen it. I don't know where he did it. Uh, maybe somebody can tag me, I'll find it on my other one, but on my desktop, but I, that I didn't meet with president Trump. I don't know where that comes from, but I'm here. I'm here to answer any question. I'm here to, 
hear Joe's stuff or whatever. I understand where he comes from. He has a, he has a short fuse um, and that allows things not to be focused on. And I think everybody's asking for focus. I think it would be benefit everybody if we could focus and it would certainly benefit everybody if all of us in this could come to an census, come to an agreement, stop the dividing and figure out. Because as I said, we all do different things and we're better together than we are broken apart. But I'm, 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 I'm going to keep on listening. Uh, and if there's something I can add after he says his piece or whatever, if you got questions for me, ask them. Hard questions go away, but I'm interested to hear how uh, supposedly I didn't meet with President Trump and supposedly how I really didn't do the kinematic or forensic audit in Arizona. So I'm on standby. Okay, so everybody real quick, please share this space. Get it out, guys, because this is a town hall. Uh, this is the people of America coming together to handle our business. This doesn't happen very often, guys, where uh, we can come together and look at some of the things that are affecting us today on Twitter. This is a huge thing because people are trying to say there's no evidence of anything going wrong with the, the elections. Um, we need to have solid things to stand on when we make our decisions. Uh, also, we are seeing that we, the people, can come together and just communicate freely and we don't need government permission. We don't need attorneys to guide us, right? This is what the law says do. Now, uh, today, I got to ask you, um, because you were blocked earlier by Mr. Uh, Oatman, you said. I can't yes. verify that, right? You mm -hmm. can take a snapshot. But I have, and I posted it in the chat and the and the Jumbotron. Okay, have you ever have you ever met John Hutton Pulitzer before? Have I ever met him? Yeah. No, no, I've just been in a space uh, previously, but no, I haven't. Okay, so you guys aren't friends, right? No, he doesn't even follow me. Okay. Why don't have you follow me, Jovan? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever met uh, Joe Oatman? No, no, and he doesn't follow me either. Have you guys had any problems? No, no. And in fact, today was my uh, first encounter even dealing with Mr. Altman, uh, me just inviting him to the space. And like I said, I was inviting him prior to Jovan even coming um, because I wanted him to have an opportunity to to bring to the people what's going on, because um, everybody knows that what's going on with the elections is very um, important to this country and what comes out of it and the part that the people need to play and to make sure that we know uh, what takes place and how we can expose the things that were done wrong. We, with some of us, know people personally who are involved in this and, uh, you know, there are RICO charges being held against people. President Trump is being held um, liable for these things because he questioned uh, of the voter um, voting integrity. And we have people on trial right now. So this is not a joke. This is a serious thing. We're talking about people's lives and we're talking about our liberties um, with voting. So I feel like um, if we're saying that we're all on the same team, we shouldn't be fighting each other. Um, we should be coming together so we can clear up any kind of negative narratives because maybe you've been misinformed. Maybe you're not privy to some information. Like I said, Jovan just blew my mind away with what he said. Like, I don't even want to gloss over what he talked to us about in Georgia that went through uh, Fannie Will Willis's office. You know, I mean, this woman is prosecuting uh, 12 
12 people right now in regards to what happened in Georgia with the votes. So this is a conversation that we need to have. And uh, I was very grateful when Jovan showed up. We didn't know that any of these people were going to show up. So that's why I wanted to also set the stage and let everyone know, like, no, this wasn't a situation where we just had Jovan on here and he was just able to just lay out some soliloquies. He was asked questions. He was gracious enough to show up. He's been gracious enough to adjust his schedule. Um, so this is a, a great opportunity for America. And let's utilize this X application to our best ability. Yes, I, I would say this too. Uh, first, I want to ask today: Did you threaten him at all? Did you get rough with him or mean to him? Was there anything that you did that might have scared him into blocking you? No, um, and in fact, I've posted every uh, quoted tweet that I did in this space, in the purple pill and the jumbotron, because I wanted everybody to know what was going on as this was taking place. And I even posted a screenshot when he blocked me to say, you know, what, what did I do to get blocked? Just me asking you to join a space. So um, there was no um, interrogation, intimidation. There was no slander. There was no name calling. There was nothing. It was just me inviting him to the space to speak his piece. And I just asked him to just be a gentleman. That was it. Okay. So, guys, um, you can see that we are trying to offer Mr. Oatman a chance to come peacefully and speak and give evidence not just speaking, but evidence-based speech, fact-based speech, not just claims, accusations, etc. I believe this is fair for America, for us to handle our business and for us to grow. Um, so far, though, as of now, I have not seen Mr. Oldman present one thing that proves that he worked with uh, the audit. I have not seen him prove one thing. Uh, showing that he has Trump's schedule or anything like that. And I'm trying to open the door for him to give it um, because I don't want to be unfair to him. If he has Trump's schedule, he could be an advisor. I don't know. Um, but he's not showing us any facts of anything. And if he was an advisor, he should be able to show snapshots or something, a position or something, a uh, contract or something saying that he's an advisor to Trump, but he has not done so. So I believe in being fair, I believe in people speaking what I, what I, guys, if I have to preface your speech with, you don't get to just come make claims, jump through 30 different subjects without proving anyone is because I have a, I, I seen a history of behavior and I'm trying to turn that so we could just get to facts. That's all the people want. We want facts. And if you're going to say things without proof, or you're going to say things and prove them, we are either going to praise your good works or are we going we're going to reject it because this is not how we get to uh, safety and security for America. We have the power, guys, to fix all of this. We have the power to correct all government officials, to remove government officials who don't do things our way. Uh, John Locke's two treatises of government does tell us that the government dissolved themselves when they fail to use the ways of elections that the people put out. This is why the judges are telling the truth now, guys. We've put the Fed on notice. We've put the state on notice. We put William Barr on notice before William Barr sent his guys here and won the case using maladministration. We put them on notice that if you do not follow the methods, the laws, the ways of elections given by the people, 
that it is not the people voted for by the people. The whole election is null and void and there's no statute of limitation. We can turn everything around. And I believe now this is a topic of great interest. We got a couple of hundred people in here, over 200, 250, something like that right now. And some of you guys aren't even sharing, but you will. Um, we got 6,000 plus views of the space. I think it went from six to 8,000 real fast or four to 6,000 real fast. So people are uh, coming through and they're looking. So what we got to understand is guys, this is going to go majorly viral because the truth is being told. And I believe it's a little unfair because Jovan has been uh, inside of Arizona Audit. Karen Fan has told me, uh, she's talked to me about Sonny Borrelia and what he has to say about Jovan and the such. And uh, Jovan has actually confirmed some things that Karen Fan told me in private discuss discussion just now. So even today, there's more more things that I've heard. And 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 if you remember, uh, for some of you who seen the other day that uh, Joe Oldman put out a cutoff letter from an attorney, didn't even get full disclosure. And it said that they were kind of worried about Jovan not being quiet in so many words. Well, that document, I told Joe when he put it up, I said, Joe, you don't realize you just proved that Jovan is in contract discussions or was with the Arizona legislature. So now you're proving more that what he's saying is true. But the very fact that the attorney was upset that Joe, and this is what I told y'all, it looks like the attorney is mad that they can't shut Jovan up. Jovan just let out some facts. He said, yeah, the legislature had attorneys that didn't want him to see the whole thing, all the ballots, and they didn't want him talking about what was going on. Did y'all not just hear that? Yes, we did. So that is huge. So, Javon, I want to ask you um, another question. Okay. Um, so when it comes to the GOP, right? Yes. Uh, would you say that it seems like the GOP actively and collectively wishes for you to get information out and support the people knowing the truth? Or have they made it hard for you to get the word out? It's 100% the opposite. Um, the GOP is we don't have two parties we have a uniparty um the gop is very destructive in this process a good example would be you know from my personal experience i was alarmed during this process of the audit um to learn that randy pullen who is a former lawmaker in arizona who is a top political action committee treasurer for many GOP PACs and is the treasurer for Mark Fincham that Randy Pullen, who kind of worked his way into the audit, um, offered Doug Logan $2 million to the debt of the audit. And he says, I'll help out with the debt this incurs. We as the GOP will pay $2 million of this debt. The strings that came with it, which Doug refused to my understanding, the strings that came with it is they said, we'll give you this $2 million, but you cannot in any way use Jovan's findings. And so uh, you can make of that what you want, uh, but it's documented. Doug shared with me all the information and story and the whole bit. 
I think that is counter to uh, wanting it to be solved. I think uh, Arizona GOP reveals itself in its actions. And I think that's systemic, unfortunately, to GOP as a whole. All of these things have factions. You know, there's McCainites and Romneyites and whatever. There isn't really a, a pure GOP. Um, but they they also participate in this system. And I have found they're not for the people. They do not care. They don't want to deal with it. And they tap dance around it. I also can tell you that the GOP actively targets me because of the information I have. And if they can dissuade people away from me or if they can get influencers to talk about me or they can get influencers to attack me because they don't want to get their hands dirty, if they can get quote unquote influencers to attack me, they'll get them to do it because it's a cleaving process. It's the same thing they've done to President Trump. They've got to cleave people away. They've got to control a narrative. They've uh, got to do... Uh, many, many, many things to keep certain stories from coming out. And this has been an ongoing process. And so the GOP is none of our friends. Gotcha. And would you say that, um, so let's say, so there's a lot of like podcasters and stuff out there that's trying to jump in and have a discussion about uh, you or whatever um, when you did your work in the audit, is there any podcasters that you could tell us about, including like I do shows as well? Are there any podcasters that you can show us actually had anything to do with the Arizona audit? Um, I mean, the you know, you host many events and, and it, it is not. Uh, uh, it is not. um What's the word I'm looking for? It's not a secret, right? That uh, you had a hand in helping getting it done or Josh or Liz Harris or whatever. I cannot tell you of any podcaster I know or quote unquote influencer I know. I mean, I guess you would kind of call Liz Harris now uh, removed from politics, technically an influencer because of stuff, but I, I can't really tell you anyone uh, that has, uh, was really part of it uh, of any way. You know, there were close to 2000 uh, volunteers, right? Mm -hmm. Um and, you know, everybody wants to be associated with something that big because it was monumental. Remember, it was the first time in history uh, that this has been done. And people need to understand that Maricopa County is, is bigger than most. And when I, when I mean that Maricopa County is, is um, the fourth largest county in the United States of America, but it is also the second largest voting block of voters in America. And so what we were able to accomplish to get this done, thanks to your help and many other people, it's history, bona fide history. But to say there are people out there, and I, I, I don't really think I'm 
missing anybody that I, that, you know, maybe have started a podcast or whatever. Yeah. There are some people that, you know, volunteered maybe to count ballots or stuff, but literally being, you know, like, you know, responsibility on the line or managing the process or whatever like that. I don't know of it I mean, uh, I mean at all. Forensic part. So I wasn't. In oh, the not in the forensic. No, in the forensic, in the forensic part, certainly, certainly not at all. But what I find interesting is there have been people that now come out of the woodwork from other states which say, well, I was there and I was working on the floor and I was involved in the audit and the say, and I saw Jovan and I got exposed to what he's like and I don't like him. And I find that so disingenuous because I never set foot in the audit intentionally uh, because I'm a, a lightning rod. For them to say they saw me there is disingenuous, but then to say that they were a worker on the floor, um, which required you be an Arizona citizen, is weird. And so it, some of these claims are really coming out and from nowhere but then again something this big this moving uh this big and moving and complicated uh people want to be attached with it but i but uh, you know sadly the focus the focus should be on my work not me that's number one for for only my part of it but uh, aside from that you know several thousand people two thousand people dedicated almost two months of their lives to get this done in Arizona. That means they left famously at homes or jobs or whatever to make this happen. The uh, Democratic National Convention hired and sent into town a thousand DNC attorneys to file suits and do all kinds of stuff all day long trying to stop it. And of course, they pro they prolonged it. Um, that should tell you more. But the real heroes in all of this are the American people who called for it and demanded it and got it done, that shows the power of we the people. And that's why they're afraid of you. But more importantly, all of those fantastic people that get ridiculed and ostracized and called all kinds of names that donated their time uh, to do this. And most people don't know this. You know, the when the when the GOP said, if you use Jovan's stuff, we're like, I told you about the attorney, we're not, we're going to remove your indemnification. Well, they removed Doug's indemnification. And if you were to watch that closely. Sorry, Jovan, I made a mistake. I hit the wrong button. It, uh, it muted you. Let me make sure you're unmuted. Shucks. Jovan, can you unmute? Yeah, he can just unmute himself. Unmute Jovan. I made a mistake and hit the mute button. What are you trying to tell me? Anyway, <laughs> so so uh, what I said is the people, you know, so here's what you need to know. When that attorney removed Doug's protection, that's when all the lawsuits came out that sued Doug. They wanted all the names of every single person that worked and volunteered for the audit and donated and stuff, names, addresses, and phone numbers. And that's so they can attack them and dox them. Doug refused to do that. The Senate removed his protection. He gets fined, and it's still going on, $50,000 a day for not turning that stuff over. $50,000 a day. 
And he also has stood in the gap saying, I'm not going to let you go attack these people for volunteering. And so the real heroes are the, the people that were on the ground in Arizona that made this happen. And every one of you across the United States that made calls, made phone mails, made emails, followed a formula and demanded your rights and got an answer for you, the people. And Jovan, I want you to understand that I, I asked this question. So I know there's a lot of people who worked on the audit, uh, in the audit, after the audit was established. What I want people to see is that David Jose was not in the midst of the audit, was not in meetings with Jovan and some of these other guys. Josh Barnett was not in the middle of the planning meeting with, you know, in Pennsylvania. Um and then there's no other podcaster, nobody who does any shows or anything like that, that are in these meetings. Why is this important? This is important because when they come out and tell you that they know that Jovan didn't do the audit or it was a sham, you have to ask the question, do they have firsthand knowledge because they were there? And, and, and I invite, if it's Behizi or any of the other guys who are making posts, Please come in and tell us that you were inside of the meetings with Karen Fan if you wish to tell us Jovan didn't do it or he wasn't there. Because we have to get to the point, guys, where we're going to come with factual information and firsthand knowledge in order to make decisions. Now, if you want to say we don't like Jovan, we don't think he's cool, we don't like whatever we don't like the audit because we think the audit idea sucked whatever you think why not just preface it with listen i don't really have anything to do with it i wasn't there i'm just giving an opinion because when you throw these ideas out that the audit never happened or it was a sham and all this stuff but you were not here and did not take part in the audit i can tell you as the guy who signed the affidavits i mean i wrote the affidavits to get the audit going we put in there that we wanted the access to the machines, the paper, uh, the the voting related materials, and by the the notice we gave. See, I'm not as smart as Jovan. I didn't know anything about a thing called a spunk log, a hot dog, or uh, um, what's this other thing? Th these routers. I had no idea about that. I'm not that smart. We just demanded what it is that we knew of that we could present. And I tried to cover everything I could. Right. And we got those things. And we we ordered Karen Fan to do a subpoena during the time they were out of session. Right. Now, there were some bad actors who got installed into the audit that started making the legislature try to do stuff like FOIAs and ignorant stuff when they have the power to do warrants. But as I said, there was an issue and concern that the attorneys were blocking access to the police or sheriff and justice. So Karen was concerned, if I do a warrant, are the attorneys for the other side going to say, just don't open the door and laugh at them and block process and pull her into another court case where no attorney would help at the time with the court cases? So we kept getting these situations where I, I came out and told you guys, we don't even want to give a court a chance to get jurisdiction in the matter. We're going to block the court. So y'all saw me on November 3rd, 4th and 5th telling we would block the court from interfering. So when Perkins Coy came, when all these different guys tried to come, the DOJ, they couldn't get jurisdiction. And then the judge who used to work for Perkins Coy, the pre-company to Perkins Coy, 
We sent him notice telling him that the common law says we have the power to do this. And he came out and agreed with us. So what you got to understand is Jovan and I didn't know each other at that time. I was telling the legislature what to do on one side. Jovan came and did his work with the audit. When, when Before they picked Jovan, a couple of the legislators were trying to make a riffraff. I didn't know Jovan. But we did a notice because I was told that Jovan was awesome with what he did and his technology. So we put them on notice that the legislature don't belong to them. They belong to the people. They can do whatever they're going to do, but they better pick Jovan and Waldron. And uh, they can pick anybody else they needed to. But they must pick the people we desire. They were mad because they knew they couldn't buy Jovan. I remember Karen Fan telling me, Sonny Borelli is mad at Jovan because he don't think he could shut Jovan up. And I'm like, well, why would he want to? And <laughs> Karen got the look like, okay, well, right? So once they got Jovan, is verified by the dumb attorney, whoever it is. I'm sorry, I don't want to call him dumb attorney because I don't know if he's dumb. But the attorney who's dealing with Joe, right? is saying pretty much we can't make Jovan shut up and the way his contract is, we can't lock him down to hide the truth. So now that 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 shows me that Jovan is most likely telling the darn truth. So might I offer something here, Dave? I'm going to go. Yes, and the reason I'm going to go is uh, it's very possible that Oltman or Clements or Bacchisi or anybody who wants to do it is probably not going to come anywhere near this with me on. And so I'm going to bow out. I, uh, I'm glad I saw it. I got off the air and I, I saw it and that's why I dropped in. I'm totally transparent. I'm open to any questions or emails or in my program. I appreciate everybody. appreciate hard work. Truth and transparency is what we need and we need to come together, but I'm going to go ahead and bow out. Okay, guys. Thank you for that, sir. Thank you for coming. Thank you for answering the hard questions and telling us things that, uh, we have not heard this was very important, very productive. And I believe that we need to open the door more for people to come and deal with the business of the public. Um, this is our nation. And I believe that you just lifted us up with giving us truth and, and transparency. So thank you so much, sir. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right, guys. So we just heard from Jovan Hutton Pulitzer. He uh, answered some questions that uh, many of us may have had. We want to uh, open the door for truth. We want to get past any foolishness. We want facts. Um, we can use facts and law. Law allows for the people to establish government the way that they feel or reestablish. Um I believe if we're going to make any affidavits ever, we're going to do anything big to stop this. We need facts. We don't want to just send out notices over garbage. We don't want to repeat foolishness. So I think it's only fair uh, for us to be able to use the law, for us to be able to use things that people will stand on and swear to. I don't understand how People allow so many people to come around and say so many different things, but they won't swear to what they say or believe. I believe that that's not fair. I believe it's not genuine. And I believe that it does not allow for the American people uh, to uh, understand what is really going on. I believe that, I, I don't know if it was the New York Times, it was an article that came out where we were told that government actors, judges, attorneys, media people came together to 
ahead of time block all of Trump's election challenges in 2020. My question is, is how did these people know that Trump was going to have a massive amount of election challenges in 2020? How did they know that he was going to have issues that he did not like? How did they know that something was going to happen that would make people want to know what's going on? How did they know that they had to come ahead of time and uh, prevent uh, people from getting into unison on what it is that's going on? And that is exactly what has happened. We got actors who will not come publicly and tell us they were involved in the audit, but they're telling us about the audit. That should shock you guys. And then not only are these people who are telling they telling us they were involved. I mean, they some of them told us they were involved, and then we find out they weren't. But some of the people who have told us that they the audit was a sham actually have messages with a uh, agent seeming gentleman who is saying he's going to break in the Arizona audit. He actually did, and he is the handler for Joe Oatman's friend, Professor Clements. Now. If you are on either side, I simply ask, please explain to me how hacking into official government proceedings, trying to prohibit uh, official government proceedings from happening could ever, ever, ever be considered a righteous, godly thing to do, Christian thing to do, moral good thing to do. Please. Let me know if this is right. I need your help to let us know if this is right. I believe that all of us can speak for ourselves as big boys and big girls. Uh, um, I believe there's somebody who may want to speak up. I will see if I see them in the comment section. What's the um handle, Dave? Maybe I can help you look. Brian, it might have been Gumble or Gamble. Please forgive me if I'm butchering your name. Just re you can request the mic, Brian. Oh, okay, I see him. I will invite him to speak. I just sent you a mic, Brian. So if you would like to speak, um, you can accept the mic. Brian Gamble. I got the mic. Is it? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. How good, you doing? Good. Yeah. No, it's a great. Um, I just happened by chance. Somebody said, "Hey, did you see the space?" And uh, I didn't, but I'm glad. I'm glad I joined. Um, so my my history is that I was the chief information officer for the America Project during the Maricopa audits. So the organization I work with gave over three million dollars to the audits. Uh, along with General Flynn and America's Futures Millions. So we, you know, combined put quite quite the amount of money in for the audits to take place. And, you know, so as the CIO, as the person dealing with the information, you know, I was briefed, you know, we didn't steer obviously anything in, in regards to the um, audit, but we were in a position to be briefed because of the amount of money that we put in. So we were able, you know, we were able to ask questions, you know, where are we at? Where are you at with this? Where are you at with that? So needless to say, you know, I, I had that front row seat to, to watching the audit play out. 
Now, I think one of the first things for people to understand that may not be familiar with kind of the inner workings was this was the first time an audit like this had ever taken place in our country's history. So, you know, we had Doug Logan, you know, Doug Logan came in, Jovan was in, all these people were in, you know, putting together this arena, you know, setting things up. But it was really kind of figuring it out as you go. So was it a perfect audit? No, but it was the best audit that we could manage with what we had. Um, I heard Jovan talking about the, and you asking a great question, uh, David, about um, the uh, GOP, right? I was uh, actually in Maricopa County sitting, sitting at dinner with Jovan to my left and um, Dave Logan to my front. And I was just asking, just having conversation with Doug. And I said, hey, out of curiosity, you know, I, I keep getting these phone calls from the GOP and Ronald McDaniel asking for more money, more money to donate for election integrity. And I said, and I'm curious, like, how much money have you received from them? And, you know, I can, I'll never forget Doug Logan's face as he put up a big fat zero with his hand. It was like nothing. And I was kind of pissed off, as you can imagine, because I had learned that the, R the, the RNC had raised over a hundred million dollars on these initiatives that was supposed to go to what? Yeah, over a hundred million dollars. Don't wait. Raised. Don't fly by that. What did you just say? Uh, the RNC, Ronna McDaniel, uh -huh. their initiatives, they had a big telephone sweeping call during the audits, and they asked the American people, money, 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 secure our elections, secure our elections, audit, 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 forensic, forensic, using these things. I got like a dozen of those calls, right? Found out, and you can look this up, research how much money the RNC raised for election integrity, and it was over the tune of $100 million raised. And they gave not one red penny to the, the efforts at Maricopa County. And it was confirmed to me in my face by Doug Logan. So you know what I did? I got a hold of a representative that I knew. And I said, hey, can you believe this? And lo and behold, that representative, his name's Anthony Sabatini in Florida. He tweeted it out. Within second, I think within minutes, Ronna McDaniel answered, responded, saying, well, that's not true. That's not true. And he came up with some boneheaded excuse. And I literally took my phone and showed it to Doug. And Doug was laughing. He said, that's not true. So here I was telling the representative that Ronna McDaniel's a liar. And, and this is what ended up leading to that $2 million. Because now they're like, oh, shit. People are starting to ask questions. you know. So that's what led up to the $2 million that came with the strings attached that Jovan was talking about. Okay, So... Getting to the point, and I've got a lot to unpack here, but let me first start off with the, the question that is being asked of the title of the space. Is Jovan's evidence fake? Now, being the CIO, being receiving the, the updates from Jovan and you know the people there, I can tell you without a doubt that, again, the audit was not 100% perfect because we were figuring out, they were figuring out as it went. But what Jovan, and, I, and I, my background is in tech, you know, look me up. I've been in the tech world for 30 plus years, spoke on many stages, worked for Fortune 500s, whatever. But the information that was being presented to me with my discerning eye um, was absolutely not only impactful, but from what I could determine to be absolutely the truth from what Jovan was presenting. Okay. Jovan's a real deal. I went over the information, had conversations with Jovan, may have had a few questions, but the information presented to me and to the team, as far as I could ascertain, and I'm pretty good at this stuff, 
is Jovan was presenting the facts. And it was far beyond what I think he's released publicly. There was a lot of information that Jovan did. And I heard him talk about the shredding and stuff like that. That's just some of the stuff. This is some of that collateral information that Jovan was just on his own dime with his own staff going out there and tracking down these things that he was also wait, providing. Wait, 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 yeah. hold on, hold on. Now, now this is getting deep. Yes. Because <laughs> I've heard Jovan talk about stuff he had to put in himself. So you're telling me that Logan wasn't getting paid what he was supposed to get paid or or the, the RNC wasn't looking out for him. Correct. Yeah. And there's other things that Jovan was doing in other states that he wasn't getting paid Well, for? he was like tracking down the dead voters. Him and his team were putting together uh -huh. amazing presentations. Not only were they pulling out the dead voters, they were literally going to the headstones into the people, into the addresses. Are you I'm serious? dead serious. And the presentation was so good. It was like, click on the headstone and here's the vote. You know what I mean? Like it was so detailed. What? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, and I'm not being paid by Jovan. I don't work for Jovan. Jovan and I are, are just professionals in our own rights. But Joe, I was there with the front row seat to what Jovan was presenting to the team and and again, I there was a lot of stuff going on through there that I had to challenge from our own side, from from the you know from the other side. I was I was just putting pepper spraying this stuff out as fast as I could, being the CIO. Now, with that said, the question is about the Bahizi. I don't I don't know who the Bahizi person is. Never heard that name before. Joe Oldman. I don't really have skin in the game with Oldman, with except with one. One altercation in which I was dealing with a guy named Linwood who was putting out a lot of false information about individuals working in the space of election integrity. Okay. And mm -hmm. I was going at it with them online, social media. Joe approached me at a Clay Clark event and asked me pretty much, we had a conversation and he was pretty much saying, knock it off, right? In his kind of pit bullish attempt to say, knock it off. And, and was saying that he was going to speak with Linwood to get him to calm down so everybody could get together. So I did. I chilled out. I said, great, finally, some sanity. Joe's going to go talk to Linwood. And, um, and, and lo and behold, a week or so later, I find out that Joe Altman joins Linwood board, Linwood's board and just allowed the, the, the attacks to continue. Now, does that mean that I think uh, Joe Altman is dishonest or not honest person? I'm not going to say that. I'm just saying that that was my experience with Oldman. Now, David Clements, is he honest? Absolutely not. <laughs> and that I'm going to leave it there, but I'm going to say absolutely not for my experience with David Clements. He is not an honest human being. Can I ask you one more yes, question? Please. Not tied to Clements or Oldman, but another one with like the Republican Party. So the, so the Republican Party talked to you Republican Party raised up money. Have you ever heard the Republican Party say that the evidence that Jovan is showing didn't come from the actual audit? Or do they believe that Jovan's work was definitely part of it? I have never heard any criticisms from them about Jovan's work. And, um, you know, there was obviously a lot of criticisms about things not getting done or with well, other, oh, you know, we're doing this, we're doing that. Okay. We were, we were the ones putting in the millions. Nobody had a more vested interest <laughs> in getting to the bottom. Now we weren't seeking to overturn any elections. We were just simply trying to discern what happened. 
because we knew there were there were anomalies in the information. We knew there was something not right about the information. So and and that that's the guaranteed right of the people. That is right. In the Constitution. We have the right to know our what our servants are doing with absolutely. Our now, mind you, you I heard the term splunk log. A lot of people may not understand what that actually means. But to put it in a nutshell, so a router routes information from one machine on the internet to another machine on the internet, right? Now, now, mind you, they said these machines were not connected to the internet, okay? That's not true. They had to be connected to the internet to put Splunk logs. You have to send the record to the servers over the internet to the Splunk server. That statement alone that they will not let you see the Splunk logs is evidence that they were transmitting data over the internet, okay? That was one of the first things I was laughing about when they were telling me they're not connected to the internet. I said, oh, really? Then how are you transmitting Splunk logs to the Splunk servers over the that, that you have to over the internet? Please, you know, pretend I'm an idiot. You know, say this again to me slowly. And, and then I had a sheriff, or I believe it was a sheriff, saying, well, we're not going to let you have access to the Splunk logs because it, it defines people's private information. Well, that again is a joke because all a Splunk plug is going to tell you is that this packet of information flowing from a Dominion voting machine or whatever went from point A to point B, and here's how long it was connected, here's how much data was being transferred during that session, and whether it was a Chinese server, a server on the Mar Mars, it doesn't matter. It's going to tell you the way the packets were being routed, guess what, over the internet. So, so... Again, the Splunk is a very, very critical piece of the information that it, it is a little confusing. But at the end of the day, it is the it is telling you who was talking to what at the machine level. What machine was talking to what machine? How long were they talking? How much were they talking? That's the evidence that would have been critical to determine what was happening with these machines? Where, what were they transmitting? Were they receiving more information than they were sending? I could tell you a hundred different ways that that information would have been useful in a, in a cyber forensics audit, but we were not giving that information. So, but again, just take this away from that statement. If the machines were sending information to Splunk, they were connected to the internet. Hands down, bar none, that's the reality. Now they're gonna try to say, well, you know, they air gapped it. They, trust us. The internet service provider made sure that nobody else could tap into that stream of information. Again, how can we tell if they refuse to turn over the Splunk logs, which would determine if that is a true statement or not? You know, it's, it's a very simple question, too. The very simple question is, if government servants by law, by the state constitutions, are our trustees and servants, where do we grant them authority to control our property and hide it exactly from exactly and and but yeah that's that's and i know shelby and steve you know i've worked with you know these people we used to run billboards around the city about you know the mules like if you stole <laughs> if you're stuffing ballots give us a call you know, like we were doing everything we could to try to have a transparent election figure out you know what was going on and, and not just there but around the country and and um but yeah we only got a piece of the puzzle and then they come out and attacking us that, well, you didn't really achieve anything. Well, how can you how can you build a house without a foundation? That's what they're they're ridiculing our house with with a partial foundation. And because we well, weren't legally allowed they were blocked by the courts to get the rest of the foundation in place. Well, that that doesn't even their their idea doesn't make sense because first of all, we found out that they didn't turn over the ballots to the 
correct place. We also found out in the audit that they didn't actually have seals on the ballots that were supposed to be sealed or the boxes. We also found out that they had uh, pre-prepared boxes for an audit, which it should not be that way. There should be randomization if you're not colluding. Absolutely. Next, we know Article 7, Section 7 of the Arizona Constitution says that the person with the most legal votes shall be considered elected. Well, if you have to have the person with the most legal votes, that means that you must have a process of checking every single vote to make sure it's legal. That's the constitutional mandate. If you fail to hit that, you have not conducted an election at all. So in other words... Arizona didn't have a method before I told Karen Fan Article 7, Section 7, to even know that you were supposed to check every ballot. Then when I showed her what was in the Constitution and other legislators saw, they said, oh my gosh, yeah, we don't have any proof that we checked to see if every vote was valid. I said, well, now you got to check everyone. Yeah, that's it. And, and so, did you see Joe Bond's work on the alignment of the machine of the scanners? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and see, even the different, the paper, you know, the misadjustments. Did you not see where they uh, found a yellow bus <laughs> that got pulled Oh, on? yeah. Yep. Or it, 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 it broke down and they had car, uh, cardboard on all the windows and on the back. And then the Arizona tried to say, the sheriff's department as such tried to say, oh, no, we have no record of this with machines on there for, for voting. It was literally uh, um, office equipment, right? Yep, yep, yeah, right. I, I posted the affidavit of the gentleman who walked up when the place, the, the bus was opened up in the back, got the picture of the sheriff, got the picture of the... Uh, ESNS voting machine with a yellow tag on it, sworn that the guy saw it. We had that and we turned it in as notice. Now, understand if the alignments were off, it would be easy for the alignments to be off if you got printers that print them wrong on purpose so that you could just by default show a whole bunch of them were not lined up, right? right? Well, we have the pictures after, uh, I'm sorry, of the location when it happened with the sheriff there. But Maricopa County, the sheriff tried to say, we never got that call. That didn't happen. There was just office equipment in that thing. But we got all the pictures and stuff showing that the location has the actual bus and the ESNS machine voting printer in there. Imagine that, you know, and I think it's important for people to understand what we're talking about when we're saying alignment. So with these, when you go to vote, if you look at the top edge corners of your ballot, there are little, looks like, um, looks like a scope crosshairs. So when you, when you scan that in the machine to make sure that whoever you're voting for is being tallied correctly. Okay. So that, that has an, the machine has an optical sensor that is supposed to be, I mean, I forgot what Jovan said, within well within like a thousandth of an inch, those crosshairs have to align. If they do not align, that ballot goes into automatic adjudication to where other people get to determine who they meant to vote for. You see where I'm going with that? So if you have yeah. ballots that are purposely not aligning and go automatically into adjudication, that opens it up for a lot of nefarious activity. 
And Jovan had proved in his report to us that it was like, so, I mean, thousands, like so many more ballots were adjudicated than previous elections. Like it was a big issue, but even better than that, okay, but wow, maybe what, why are the machines so uncalibrated? Could it be that the laboratory that is to certify the equipment let their certification expire? Weren't th those machines weren't even certified by the laboratories that is a requirement by the EAS, the government, U.S. government entity that requires that election equipment be certified by a laboratory that has a certification. Those lab that laboratory let the certification expire. Why is that important? It's like, I don't know, Windows 95 engineer, a guy who's been working on Windows 95. Remember that old operating system de a decade or so ago? Mm -hmm. Somebody being an expert at that, right? And then 10 years later, you got Windows you know, 2000 or NT come out, and you got a completely different person who is skilled in that. You're never going to have the Windows 95 go guy go in and certify something that's a decade newer without going through the proper training, proper certification. It's the same exact thing. These things, the people, the laboratory that was supposed to make sure the equipment and the software was running, they, they did not have the proper certification. So therefore that equipment should not have been certified to begin with for the election. And why that was just overlooked. And, and I heard all the excuses like, well, you know, it was a clerical error. They, they really should have gotten it. Okay, fine. They should have gotten it. Show us the continuing education. Show me the team from ProVNB that went off-site to, to get educated, to bring them up to speed to the current software version that's running on these machines. Never happened. So, uh, the question? Yes, absolutely. So, has anybody ever showed you or told you that uh, the law, fundamental law says when maladministration happens, even not even maladministration, I'm sorry, that would be maladministration when they don't make sure the printers align, et cetera. But did you know that the fundamental law says that whenever any government is in the danger, not actually doing it, just in the danger of maladministration, not handling our business well, that they could all be removed? And this is in the law? Absolutely. I think I had a good friend, uh, Steve Montenegro, tell me that. Uh, I think he's an Arizona representative. <laughs> so, yes, I was made aware of that. So this is the thing. If the government doesn't handle things in a way that make the people feel confident, because the government is the referee, when you are carrying out the game and you're not handling business, you nullify all Absolutely. of it. So from inception, the, from the <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the things that people have shown us, right? And I think Steve might have been taught by a group of ladies called the Affidavit Mamas. They might have gave him notice over this. But when you understand that the law says when our business is not being handled well or it's inadequate, we can remove everybody and start over. We'll stop looking at the little games people play. Well, yeah, we didn't do it right, but we didn't get trained. Yeah, we didn't do it right, but, you know, we kind of just can't do it. Yeah, we can't do it right, but this guy in the legislature don't want us to. Yeah, we could do it. We didn't do it right, but the attorney said, I, I don't want to hear none of that. Do we have the right to correct you and change everything and redo all of this without your permission? Yes or no? Right? See, we get stuck on the issues, right? They could throw us a bone and say, Hey, uh, the machine was just acting up. 
in all the locations at the same time of the same day. It just happened, happenstance, right? Absolutely. Okay, so in other words, we were left in the danger of maladministration, right? Yep, absolutely. And, you know, anybody that owns a company, you know, imagine the audits we would face if, you know, the few dollars don't match the books, <laughs> you know? And, and it's, it's just two different rules, rules for them, rules for us. Their, pers their people got into office, therefore they're not interested in auditing themselves, their own crimes. So that's, that's really, you know, where we get into this whole concept of the constitutional crisis because the judiciary has failed us, Congress has failed us, and, they're in the, and the voters have no, we have nothing. We have, and if we go protest, then we get thrown in jail. So, so these are the issues facing our country. And uh, I, I do hope that my, my words shed a little light you know, on my experience that I've had with this uh, time at the America Project with Jovan, with, with Doug, and with uh, you know, Joe and, and David and all that stuff. But um, anyways, I just, I just hope my words helped anybody kind of figure this stuff out. Hey, let me, let me give you something before sure. you go, because there is something else that's important. So um, I'm, I don't, I'm sure you don't know who the heck I am. Because most people don't tell people who the heck I am. But I'm the gentleman who actually wrote the affidavits and the documents to get the audit done. So to start the audit, I wrote the documents with a guy named Josh Barnett to get the audit going. Mm -hmm. What I would tell you is the reason it seems like we can't get anything done with the courts or legislature, etc., is because the issue that has blocked us from having remedy is the very fact that those who are in positions or connected to government or a lot of times connected to big names and platforms, they fail to allow the people to hear what their power is in the law. So when the people are concerned about things being wrong, they don't get remedy uh, because the government actors or the big names just straight block it and then they curb everybody away from any remedy. So to give you an example, uh, I don't know if you're in Arizona, but Arizona had a situation like the rest of the nation had where they were shutting down all of our businesses. The, the legislature said, listen, we don't know what we can do. We got to wait because our attorneys are telling us we need guidance from the courts after we do all these things wrong to you. We need the courts to tell us we shouldn't have done it. Because the attorneys are telling us we could do this to you and shut you down, but we don't know, That's right? Weird. So what I did was, is I went and got the fundamental law and I went head up with all the uh, government officials in Arizona, in New Jersey, in California, and even on Indian tribal land using the fundamental law. Every single one of our entities, including Mountainside Fitness, Josh's Gym, Diesel Muscle, all the self-made gyms, all the gyms in New Jersey that turned into private associations, we used the real law and got remedy. So all of our entities were wide open when everybody else was shut down all across the country. And there's evidence of this. So what's really happening is many times those who are in a position connected to people with power, they block access to remedy because they're working together. So a lot of the stuff that was supposed to go to Trump to get things fixed, like uh, what's this gentleman's name? Uh, Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell was trying to get access to information to help him to fight in the first place so that he could get an audit, right? Yeah. Mike Lindell couldn't get the audit. Trump's people couldn't get audits. Others couldn't get audits. And then I walked right into the legislature and forced them to do an audit using the fundamental law without courts. Now, 
what we got to understand is we could all do this same thing with all the things we wanted to see control and fix if people didn't block access to other people. So for instance, when you look at the big shows where, uh, like for instance, Mike Lindell's show, uh, Clements and all of those guys pre went to Mike Lindell, pre went to all the legislators across the nation to tell them don't work with us, even though we got the only audit. So rather than allowing for people to see the truth and law, and what they can do, which we've won with in thousands of situations, including the OSHA stuff, the ATF, how they're falling apart now. We put them on notice. And I, I told people, give me two weeks or a month and you'll see Jim Jordan at the Supreme Court tear down the ATF. And it happened. We did it with OSHA. Um, we did it with the administrative state. You look at the administrative state now getting called into the federal courts and getting destroyed. I have video of us telling beforehand how we're going to make the Supreme Court do it. So. A lot of these groups, like the Clements groups and such, have went around the nation telling people, don't trust these people, don't deal with these people, don't hear what they have to say in the law, it doesn't work. But then behind the scenes, we have their telephone messages where they're saying they were purposely trying to block access so nobody could see it. Well, I mean, they were trying to build a brand. I think it was like they were putting a, like a, a penny per ballot kind of an issue. I don't know if you heard of that. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to put, oh, yeah. build a business around it. But Clement, same thing to us. You know, he said, we're, we're purposely trying to, you know, we, we put all this money into the audits so the audits would fail. You know, I said, well, wait a minute. Why would we put millions of dollars into something that the government was fighting to destroy in the first place? The whole point of putting that money in was to uncover what the government was doing. So, you know, yeah. but they just like us, they were out there saying we were purposely, we were, we were the donors. We we had no say in what went on during the audits. We just donated the millions of dollars. So, you know, to come after us as the donor, the people that wanted to find out the truth was kind of an odd thing to do. But there they were, you know, out there. I mean, they're, I can't even begin to tell you. Clements was saying, you come to my office, I put spyware on your phone, Pegasus spyware on your phone. I'm like, some spook or whatever, you know, it, it was just the same tactics. But the fact of the matter is, you know, none of that's true. All we wanted was to put money in so people could do their work and figure out what in the hell happened in Maricopa County. Because like you said, it's, a, it's a, I mean, it's a critical, pivotal place in, in this country for elections. So we wanted to make sure not only what did happen, but how can we change it and how in the hell do we stop this from happening again? And I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily to put money into. But yeah, there definitely doesn't help for people to criticize those who are doing something that had never been done before. So, you know, I didn't see them in there. I didn't see them spending their money or spending their time. Well, I, I actually I saw them in there. Did you see Clement's handler actually uh, the Asian gentleman breaking into the audience? Yeah, audience yeah, audience. I saw that. It was listen. I mean, it's. It was planned. Yeah, it was planned. It was planned. And these, and, and I, again, people are going to like who they're going to like. I don't want to sow any kind of division. If you like Clements, hallelujah. I don't really care. But I can tell you that with all certainty, Jovan's work was spectacular. Was it perfect? Nobody's work was perfect. We were all figuring this out together. But his kinematic artifact approach was sort of brilliant. Um, you know, the work that he did uncovering the dead voters, the uh, misalignment of these machines. I mean, at the end of the day, Joe Vaughn was all over the place turning in really good work. And we really appreciated it. Right. It helped us figure out what was going on. But at the end of the day, we're not the judge, jury, and executioner. We're simply the donor. 
you know, the, 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 we can't help that they did not legally turn over the splunk logs to prove this or that. You know, it's not our position as a donor to make that happen. Somehow Clements thought it was, but it's not. And, but the, anyways, to verify, Jovan's legit. His work was great. You know, the other, the other people don't know Clements, <laughs> whatever. But, but that, I, again, I hope my words helped clarify some things, but I had a very yeah, small part yeah. in one little corner office, you know, with the team trying to help, you know, save the country. God bless everybody. Um, and I appreciate you, brother. You're sounds like not only is your name written in the book of life, but it's, your, your name is written in the book of American history and it's on the right side of history. And everybody that is fighting for election integrity and transparency, God help us. We want to know what's going on with our elections. You know, we're all on the Amen. right side of history. So keep, you know, keep Amen. fighting, turn out the vote, you know, and uh, get involved. Keep your eyes open. We're going to we're going to win all together. Watch what happens in the Supreme Court coming this month. Keep your eyes open. God is going to do a new thing. I'm going to tell you, Brian, and it seems like you believe in the Lord. You're going to see God do a new thing. You're going to see the administrative state fall just like the ATF right in front of your face. And you're going to see the people rightfully take back America peacefully with real law. Watch my words. It's going to happen. Your work, dear sir, is not in vain. Well, I, and your work, Javon, is not in vain. And all of you have been helping. Your work is not in vain. But guys, we're starting to see a, a pattern here. People who really took part in the audit, people who gave money for the audit. Uh, this gentleman didn't, he said that he didn't get anybody telling him from the RNC or the legislature that Jovan was not part of it. And this guy is the guy with the money. All right. So we got Jovan, the guy who was in the audit. I wrote the documents to get the uh, audit started. Um, all of us are testifying that we can say that Jovan was there. Jovan actually did work. He talked about work product that Jovan produced and being briefed. That means that he's telling you guys that Jovan actually did something and it's not a sham. He did work. Now there's no way that Jovan could do work if he didn't deal with the legislature. There's no way that he could talk to the RNC if Jovan and, and uh, the other gentlemen were not doing the work guys. It's just impossible. So today, what have we established? We have established that people who were there, people who took part, People who dealt with Karen Fan, people who dealt with the RNC, all believe and know that Jovan took part in the work. Nobody's denying it. Who was really there? Right? The RNC is not denying that Jovan was really there. Right? So what we have to do, guys, as Americans is have clarity so we could come together and take action. Now, this first town hall, guys, where we're checking to see if we can get evidence of what really happened, um, if we can get evidence of things going on in our nation, or if we can see from someone really there, can we trust that there is someone who did the work uh, that we can reach out and talk to? We have multiple sources now. Uh, Rain said, oh my God, this is making me cry. He is right. All right, so see guys, we got people who are being moved and shaken. We saw today, realize, oh my gosh, this isn't what I thought it was. We got real people talking. Now, you got to admit, guys, I don't care who you are, like like them or don't like them, Jovan came here and talked and explained with firsthand knowledge things that happened. Where, where he did not know, he said he did not know. He didn't try to fake it. So we have opened the doors for 
uh, professor, uh, professor, if you want to, Joe Oatman, Behizzi, um, you know, all these guys, Clemens and Jovan to come and speak. God has given America a treat today. We can see the truth. We can see people speaking with firsthand knowledge. We have people cross uh, confirming uh, as witnesses things that were happening uh, who were not there in each other's face at all times. So that uh, tends to show guys that something is true. So if we have to make a decision today, if we believe that Jovan did the work and Jovan is real and Jovan is true and he really did do an audit, I believe that we should, in the comments, tell what we believe based on what we have seen. Uh, we have seen the other side, Clemens Oatman. We've opened the door for them to come talk. We showed messages from Clemens and his handler showing that they were breaking into the audit unlawfully, not doing the audit. So we kind of have a way to see what really went down. So in the comments, please tell what you think about the space. Let us know if you want to have more I still believe, guys, that the knowledge that Jovan could share with us to help us save the nation uh, is huge. And I believe that we should call on him again if you guys are willing to help the people walk together in peace and unison. Guys, we also had a gentleman tell about uh, the legislator, Steve Montenegro, and how he says that the people have the right to reform, alter, and abolish government if they should be in maladministration. Uh, I believe that is huge because the word of what the law says is getting out. Usually uh, uh, legislative body members don't know that. That means our nation is changing. And guys, we are standing as victorious. This, what we're doing right now, guys, has never happened in American history. We have never had a full forensic audit. And then the man who did it forced the government to let him completely control evidence and not get censored, censored, he has come out and spoke the truth and given us facts. And we can see, guys, that things have happened in a way that, as I said, we have never seen before. This is an epic moment, guys. It is all because of you. There would be no David Jose because big names blocked access, as you can see. There would be no Dave Jose. There would be no space like this. Chris said, this is one of the best spaces I listened to thus far. Very informative. Uh, Jovan has kept the, uh, has been the truth from day one. The GOAT, Liz Harris, Real Fire, Arizona, uh, has some, shown some of the same legislators. I'm thinking they're saying we're doing wrong. God is doing a new thing, guys, and he is placing, uh, he has placed Jovan on our side where we can talk to him. I believe that we can use this information to correct the whole nation. If the bad government actors are using our power to prosecute people, Jim Jordan is already investigating. I think we need to do a notice immediately. Tell Jim Jordan about what we have with information from Jovan. Um, we need to do that notice this week. We need to jot for him and get it out. Maybe we could talk to Jovan and ask him if his followers can uh, jump in. We could talk to some of the other people who have uh, big platforms. But guys, we can shut down bad actors using our courts unlawfully. That is a fraud. It is wrong. All these people who are sitting on the line getting prosecuted. Look, we have a 100% guaranteed right to investigate our business. Trump has a 100% uh, guaranteed duty and obligation to dig into what happened with our elections because we put them on notice. No court can interfere with the obligation of contract. And that could be shown in the law any given day. 
If they interfere with our ability to tell Trump to look into things, they're breaking the law. And we need to stand up on that and talk about it. Guys, this is the difference between what we're doing and a normal protest. In a normal protest, guys, it's easy to agitate people or get them in trouble because you're sending them to a place where there's high tensions, but there's no knowledge and understanding of what the law says and what, what is on our side. When you leave people who feel like they've been done wrong to act, and then they get agitated by bad government actors, that could cause a problem. But that doesn't happen, guys, when we learn the law, when we show the truth to each other, when we stand on those things which we can prove and we never make a point that we cannot prove, nobody can shift us or move us and we cannot be punished, guys, for using what uh, the government officials sworn we have the power to do in law. So now, as Jovan says, you guys are the smartest guys in the room, right? As I like to tell you with the law, you guys are some bad mamma jammas and we know the law better than any government official any attorney, any judge, there's nobody who can touch us. So we can walk around in peace and show the law. Now, I'm telling y'all, we are the baddest mamma jammas in the country. We are the baddest mamma jammas in the world. And we are the trust protectors and defenders of this great nation called America. You guys have spent your time here learning the truth, gaining wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And I want to make a promise to you. If you guys are willing to stand on that which is law, I will show what the law says we can do and we can create a notice this week and get it out to government and turn up that heat on that investigation by Jim Jordan. We can also turn up the heat on the Supreme Court and make them step in as we already have and start telling on everybody, which is going to spiral everything and calls for the people to stand up across the nation. Guys, write it down. I'm telling you today. We the people are flipping this thing completely and we don't need government help. We don't have the government on here telling us that they're going to help us do us right. We are in control. Our forefathers wrote the Constitution without the government's permission. We can change it. We can add to it. We can remove bad actors peacefully by showing them the law that says that they swore we can change it. Nobody can interfere. So if you believe that we can still do something, if you believe that we the people have power, if you believe that we can do what our forefathers did, who created a whole government by removing themselves from the power of a tyrant king, we don't have a tyrant king. We actually control the government and it belongs to us as the people. We will create a notice of God should let us live and we will have it out by today's Monday. Before Friday, we will have it out for ready for job form, hopefully before. And we will get that notice out and we will shut down this complete tyranny by peaceful law. We will open the door for all government officials to talk to us peacefully and you're going to find that a lot of them are going to come to us and realize that the people have moved and there's no more unlawful prosecution. There's no more misleading us. They're going to have to bend to the law, guys. I'm telling you. But be peaceful. No drama. No threatening. No hatred. Look at how much headway we made today just by allowing people to speak in love, respect, and using proven facts. You guys just made history. I love y'all. This space is yours. Please share it out. Give us some feedback in the comments. 
You guys are great and awesome. Share this worldwide, guys. It's going to change everything for the good. We love you guys. This space is yours. And I'm going to say peace.